Good evening, folks, ladies and gentlemen, everybody out there that's tuned in and listening right now. You're now rocking out once again with your boy Emilio Wackbar, and we're here once again with another content collaboration for your ass. Me and my homie Divine Thor here tonight. Make sure you're following me on Twitter at the Emilio Wackbar, and you can follow the Nonstop Radio Show on Twitter as well at Nonstop Radio Two One Two. To stay up to date with the latest news And highlights from your favorite hip-hop shows Favorite hip-hop show Also check out past and present episodes Which is available now on SoundCloud At soundcloud.com Forward slash nonstop Dash radio dash show About to turn it over to Divine Yo Divine what's good man Yo what's happening man Nothing much same old shit You know different toilet Everything is everything at this point You know how it is yeah, man. So, heard heard you had a little brush, man. Everything good, man. Let me tell you, man. Like, at the end of the day, I'm just thankful to be here, man. I mean, a lot of people are, you know, friends with me on Facebook, and then you also got some people out there that you know do follow and pay attention to what I post on Twitter. But you know, for the brush that Divine is talking about, you know, a couple of weeks ago, you know, I had a brush with death so to speak you know got involved in a single car accident where my car actually flipped but you know what you know at the end of the day i'm just thankful you know what i mean like out of all that that happened you know what i mean i was able to walk away with just a little minimal scratch and then you know some you know of course the occasional soreness that comes along with being involved in a collision or traffic accident so you know i'm just thankful to be here how about yourself man yeah i heard that man First of all, glad to hear you okay. Thank you. I've I've had similar shit happen, man. It puts a lot into perspective after something like that happens. Oh yeah, no like, doubt. Could, yeah, like the small shit becomes small shit. You know what I mean? Yeah. Like, there's a whole new meaning of small when it comes to particular shit that most people get bent out of shape over. And, like, when you say that, you know what I mean? I definitely am in agreement with you because now, like, a lot of my perspective on life and just a lot of things that has happened and has been going on. It's just like, it's put into a different light for me. You know what I'm saying? Like coming that close and knowing just how lucky or fortunate or blessed anybody out there, whoever would they, whatever, you know, filling your own blank, whatever you want to say about the situation, like whatever it is, I'm just thankful, you know what I'm saying? Because, you know, shit could have went another way. And I've definitely seen where people were involved in situations probably even a lot less minor than what happened with my shit. And they didn't walk away from it. So the only walk away was just being hurt and just, you know, having some scratches on me, man. Like, that's that's a blessing in my own to myself, you know what I'm saying? So I'm thankful. Yeah, I've had, I've, I've had similar situations happen. And that's a lot of reason why, you know, I walk away from those situations. It takes a while to mentally heal from that kind of thing. But then right. you kind of get determined to make your life worth something. And like, you know what I mean? To actually do something that affects change and all of that kind of thing. At least for me, I can only speak for myself. That's what it did to me. I yeah. was like, yo, I'm definitely here for a reason. Let me see what that reason is. You yeah, know definitely. I mean? You know, that's the one thing that went through my mind when it happened. I was like, you know what? For me to be able to walk away. From this situation There's got to be Some kind of real purpose To my life Because one of the Scariest things That I've ever been Involved in Or had Happened to me Is the ability 
or the inability to stop your vehicle when you're in traffic, you're driving, and then at the end of the day, when you realize when you cannot stop, and you know that the inevitable is going to happen, but you don't realize just how bad the outcome is going to be. It's just like it's one of them, it's one of them things that when I was going through it, man, like that was the most terrified I've ever been in. Even more so than being shot at in other situations that I've been involved in. That you know involved you know close encounters and stuff like that. But just that simple thing when you know something is going to happen. And you have no control over the outcome Like that's something right there That's a whole nother type of fear That I've never experienced for before Up until that point, you know Yeah, time slows down yeah. I've, I've, I've been in that situation before Where the car flipped Like, you know, me and me and wifey got hit by an 18-ton truck Before flipped the car, totaled the car, everything But as it was about to happen Time slows down Like, you know what I mean? You, you just in that moment a thousand thoughts is going through your head about what's gonna happen and then like you know when you get to walk away from it it feels like a blessing so i'm yeah. I'm just glad to hear everything worked out and we doing another one of these things man yeah no doubt man you know to be honest with you man i'm gonna share this and to be honest with you man like no no life flashed before my eyes no thought went into my mind just knowing that the fact that I was going to crash and just didn't know what was going to happen after that and just trying to do the best I could so I didn't rear end anybody and make the situation a lot worse. That was the main thing that was really on my mind at that time. And then, like, once, you know, everything was all said and done, once the car flipped and I'm already, you know, in the process of trying to get out the vehicle, my mind was, you know what, let me hurry up and try to get out of here as quickly as I can. I can move everything. I can move my legs. I can move my arms and shit like that. I'm not paralyzed or anything. Let me climb up out of this motherfucking vehicle because I'm not sure if anything is on fire. You know what I'm saying? So, like, right. the adrenaline is going at that time. So, I'm like, you know what? Let me get the fuck up out of here as quickly as possible. And thankfully, you know, there was a lot of bystanders that was around at that time. People that was also on the road at that time. Seeing what had happened, they immediately sprung into action and, you know, called, you know... EMS call NYPD call FDNY and everything like that and they got there within seconds after I flipped so you know like things happen the way they happen for a reason and I'm just thankful for it you know word up man yeah man no in other news we got a lot of other shit going on also we got a lot going on in politics with the election being so close and right around the corner we also got a lot of things going on in the hip hop or music business industry entertainment all that good stuff man we got a lot of things going on in that industry and we also got some other things man that just typical regular dumb shit that we've been seeing a lot of people doing and a lot of people still falling for a lot of different things going on around these times and everything like that and it's still mind-boggling it's still puzzling to see a lot of people still Doing dumb shit or falling for dumb shit But at the same time, you know, it's human nature, man So, like, what can you really say to that? Yeah, man After seeing the Like, when we're recording this It's at the time of the second presidential debate Like, you know what I mean? So mm-hmm. that happened And it's just crazy how many people still Tuning into that Like, you know, it's Gonna tell them something different mm-hmm. Than what they already know, you know? At this point, it's like I feel like it's a lot of people should already understand that politics is is nonsense and that all of it is fake and, you know, theater and everything else. But, man, people just put so much 
stock into what's going on right now. It's not like that debate or any debate changed what anybody was going to do anyway. And mm-hmm. it's not like either one of them candidates is going to do anything different than the other one would do when they get into office. If mm-hmm. somebody truly believes that Biden's going to do something different than Trump or vice versa, they're just not educated enough, man. And that's you know, that's mostly consensual at this point to just See. truly believe in politics. Like, you know what I mean? And to be that ignorant. See, but that's the thing, though. Like, so many people out there have drinking or drinking the Kool-Aid, so to speak. You know what I mean? Everybody, you know, because I guess, you know, because Trump has made the worst possible example of what an American president is supposed to be and represent that it was easy for them to construct this narrative to put together that this is what is imperative to do by all means necessary to get Trump out of office, regardless of what these two candidates represent, regardless of what they have done in their political lifestyles, I mean, lifetimes and careers and everything. And the things they have been known for, which has been needless to say, negative to, you know, put it bluntly for everybody out there who doesn't pay attention, but it's kind of, it was kind of easy for them to construct this narrative Just like the same way with the whole coronavirus And everything like that Like Everybody has bitten the apple Or has drank in the Kool-Aid So to speak So it made it easier for them To be able to usher in this particular narrative And trying to get Trump out of office But they really fail to realize That Biden really is not that good Or qualified of a candidate as well to lead this or I mean lead this country man like a lot of people got it fucked up because a lot of people choose not to do their own research a lot of people choose to be comforted by lies and not be able to you know distinguish the truth from these lies and everything like that so it's like it like a lot of people are still getting sucked in especially what I've seen from this last debate and everything like that man so like I don't know man like me my opinion is like you know this Neither candidate is qualified enough or the right person to run this country for the next four years. And I feel like this country cannot withstand another four years with either candidate in office. So I've been strongly trying to encourage people to take a look at the other candidates that's out there running for office as well. But at the same time, you know, like it's it's one of those scenarios that you feel when you're just the voice crying in the wilderness right now. You hope people are listening Will you know take heed But at the same time like you really don't expect it So it's like everything is pretty much still set in stone Everybody is Already decided what they're going to do Or whatever the case may be So we're just going to have to see after the election What's going to go on Well I, I feel like it's a It's a problem with the system right Yeah so it is when, when people don't understand that part that leads them into all of the political theater and believing that a candidate is better than the other one and everything. And mm-hmm. they look at all of the surface issues, like the things that can, um, what's the best word I'm looking for? Stoke emotion, right? So yeah. when they pull out racism or when they pull out, like, you know, some kind of other card, right, that has nothing to do with the main topics of what this country really needs and what it has needed for a very long time, when they just pull out the low-hanging fruit and then they focus on that, that gets everybody involved and listening and paying attention to the reality show, which is all it is. 
Um, so w- the system is broken. So when people don't realize that the system itself is damaged and broken, and then we are never going to have anyone affect change, to believe that any politician, this could have been anybody, if Biden is inconsequential to the situation. Mm-hmm. It could have been Bernie. It could have been any of them. Anybody. It could have been anybody in that spot right now they are all working for the same interest the system is broken because once you get to the top of that ladder to be able to be a presidential candidate you're vetted by all of your peers so to speak and all of your peers have now had special interest groups involved in what they're doing and they're they have donors and they have different like you know groups that they go towards with all of their policies and different things they say and do on a consistent basis. So by the time you hit the top to be able to even run for president and everything else, it's all a game. Mm -hmm. And I truly believe it doesn't even matter who you vote for. They want to make sure you're just voting. I I feel like this, the best and do what you want. Like I'm not telling anybody to not vote or whatever, man, do what is on your conscience. But when it comes to, Voting, like I said, I really feel like they just want to make sure you vote so you're still believing in the system. Mm-hmm. At the end of the day, whatever they have planned is going to take place regardless of who's in office anyway. It'll just have a different twist. So if it's if it's Trump, it'll just be more of an aggressive bunch of nonsense in your face every day. Like, you know what I mean? Making you mad with the shit he's talking about and all of that, like, you know, theater. If it's Biden, it'll just be the typical politician that's doing the typical where, like, you know, and in these days and times, when I say mask, I got to really be specific. I'm talking about a metaphorical mask. Yeah. Every politician, like, That's a typical one, like the Hillary Clintons, the Bill Clintons, the Barack Obamas, Joe Bidens. They wear a metaphorical mask where they have you believe that they're out for you and that they're like, you know, a politician that's going to do something like, you know, that they're not going to do. And they wear that mask. And so then people hear all of the terms that they say, like, like, you know, with healthcare, and they bring up all of these bullet points that they're going to do and change and they never end up changing to doing none of them. And then they wear that mask and then they blame it on something else. Oh, I'm a Democrat and I had a Republican Senate, so I couldn't get anything passed. It's always that way. They set it up that way. If Biden gets in office, it'll be a Republican Senate. Like, they always do this thing, man. It's political theater. The same thing will happen. It'll just be in a different way, regardless of if it's Biden or Trump. Role reversal, so to speak. Yeah. You know, and at the end of the day, like... It just be more of the same, like you said, where they just continue to feed you a bunch of empty and unfulfilled promises. And a lot of people are still feel like things are being accomplished. Now, I remember, you know, a few collabs back when we was doing the um, technocracy one on one collab. We had spoke mm-hmm. about, you know, the various levels of politics how it starts at the local level then it ascends up to the federal level where it gets to the presidential level you know what i'm saying we have spoke about that before and we always try well i've been always trying to encourage or tell people to pay more attention to the local elections within your communities because people still as it looks to me from what i've been seeing across social media and even people that have come to face with in real time, it still seems to me that people fail to understand just how important the local elections are compared to the 
more so bigger scale national presidential election. And I tell people all the time, like, if you're going to try to make a change in politics, it's got to start at the ground floor. You got to start with the local elections. You got to really get to know your candidates. You got to get to know the people, their intentions, and see if they match your interests. And if they match your interests, then you go forward You make after you've done the research and you find out who exactly these people are. And then you gauge whether or not they're genuine with their slogan or campaign or whatever the case may be. Then you go from that. You know what I'm saying? You can't just keep putting the same people in in office year after year after year and expect that you're going to get different results. That's the definition of insanity, doing the same thing and expecting different results. But I keep telling people that all the time. You got to change it at the local level as opposed to just thinking that going out there and voting for the who's going to be the president for the next four years is going to change things because it all starts within your communities. It all starts with your local congressmen, your local assembly women, your, your your local politics, mayor, governor, stuff like that. It all starts there. So if you want to put the right people in office, you got to really study who's out there running for office and then you got to vote them in accordingly if they match your interests, you know? Yeah. And what you said, local, is very important because they're accessible. Mm-hmm. So... I think just to add on to that point, what I would say is to let them know, especially in these days and times, if you figure yourself out to be not fooled easily and everybody see a lot of people say that I'm not fooled easily and everything. And, but then they just go about their life proving that they're fooled easily in every single way. Like numbers speak to that. So if you're, if you're not fooled easily, let's say, and you really feel that about yourself and then hold your local government, the ones that are way more accessible, accountable, and let them know, listen, I'm not believing in politics anymore. Because when you let them know that you don't believe in the mirage that is politics, politics are fake. It is a reality show. Even at a local level, it's a reality show to a degree because those local politicians, you have to see where their head's at. It's just like the entertainment business. People feel like when they hear from a certain entertainer in the entertainment business and when they speak publicly that that's how they truly feel and that's what their true intentions are and so on and so forth. But they have to walk back into a different room where you don't see them, where the cameras aren't on. Same thing Mm -hmm. with politicians. They come out and they address the public in town hall meetings and so, so on and so forth on TV and everything else. And you can access them that way in a local town hall meeting and everything if Convid didn't shut it down. But at the end of the day, like, you know, you have to let them know, look, it's over. Like, the whole situation that y'all been doing for all of these years, it's over. I know that when you leave this room, you're going to try to advance your career, which is, I mean, that's understandable. Everybody wants to get high up on the ladder of where they work and everything else. But the 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 problem with when they do it is that when they get higher up in the ladder, that means they have to lie more. They have to be deceitful. So you have to let them know, look, man, I'm on top of you now. Like, you know, pause. But like, <laughs> this is one of them situations where I'm going to pay attention to everything you're doing and I'm hold you accountable yeah. no matter what. So when you're talking about local politics, you got to stay in their face. You got to be like, look, I see what you say you're going to do. Now do it. And then exactly. it's got to match your values and what that exactly. what you really want to see change. You know, like, you know, and that's the thing right there, you know. 
Next to, you know, the catchphrase that we have with question the narrative, I like that next word, which is accountability. Because it seems to feel like that we don't, as people, we don't hold these politicians accountable like we should. It's one thing to champion and campaign on social media and to be a couch activist and say how you should hold or we should hold people accountable. But it's another thing when you get out there and you actually making them feel the pressure from that accountability. Like if you're supposed to yep. get certain bills and other, you know, legislature, legislature passed and become a law and all this stuff like that. And you don't hold up your end of the bargain after you got our vote. The accountability needs to come in. And I don't see enough of that. I know you don't see enough of that. And I know a lot of people out there who supposedly, air quote, have their eyes open or woke, so to speak, which is another term that I really absolutely fucking hate now, but just call themselves being woke. You should be able to see that these people need to be held accountable. Why you think that motherfuckers that's been in office for X amount of years, I mean, decades, continue to get away with shit because people don't hold them accountably. I mean, accountable. Not just on social media, but people need to openly hold these people accountable. If they may, if they got your vote, these are the people that you entrusted to lead your community, lead your, your state, lead your country or whatever the case may be. You need to start holding these people accountable because at the end of the day, the constitution says for the people, by the people, even though I know we don't really go by a lot of that right now, especially in these current times. But at the same time, people seem to forget about that. And everybody thinks it's all government and government is supposed to be for the people. When in truth, we see a lot of people that are in government that have not been for the people. Thank you for bringing up the constitution because I swear to God, I promise. I've had some technical errors with my equipment recently, and I've had to put out podcasts that I didn't want to put out just for time's sake, mm-hmm. but I will put out a podcast on sovereignty very soon. Yeah. I promise the people have been asking me for it, and I promise that I will, but I'm going to have to put out like three or four in a row. I can't yeah. cover that in an hour or whatever. And to be but, funny, I mean, and not to cut you off, but also, it's also I found it very intriguing how the fact that joe biden brought up the term sovereignty during the debate this last debate and you've been speaking about sovereignty the last few weeks but go ahead though yeah yeah so when you said constitution and you said we the people that is very important because when they keep referring to us as people and persons Mm -hmm. and everything like if you were I could do an experiment right now. Take out your driver's license, look at the back of it, and it refers to you as a person. Mm -hmm. It doesn't refer to you as a man, woman, or child. It even says it in a corporate way on the back of your driver's license. You'll Mm -hmm. see the the word persons. So, like, you know, there's a Bill of Rights, and there's the Constitution. Right now, we have two operating entities sitting right on top of each other, and I really do... I can't cover it all right now, but I encourage people to look at legalese, which is the terminology that all politicians and, like, you know, lawyers, lawmakers, policymakers, all of these people use. And words don't necessarily always mean what you think they mean Mm -hmm. in legalese. There's two operating entities, like I said, on top of each other. We have the United States of America, and then we have America. Mm -hmm. America has the Bill of Rights. The Mm -hmm. United States 
has the Constitution. Mm -hmm. Now, when you say United States of America, the word of in legalese means instead of. Mm. So it it basically states the United States instead of America. Mm-hmm. So that's where all of the corporate bullshit comes in. All of the legal terms, not necessarily the laws, come in with and and the politics and the policies that come along with the politics and all that fucking bullshit. Mm-hmm. That's the United States and the Constitution and the bills and the acts. Mm-hmm. ACT. It's all word magic. ACT. Act. Actor. Acts. These are. It's all theater. They even admit it in their words, right? It's an act, right? So you have to hold these actors accountable. One way to do that is the Bill of Rights. Now, what they've been attacking is the Bill of Rights Mm -hmm. because, like, you know, the First Amendment right now is being attacked like fucking crazy with a lot of magic tricks. And, uh, you know, I don't like that. And a lot of people are blind to that because they put out the political theater. And right now we have convict going on and everything else. And it's distracting everybody from what they're doing, where they're trying to take away the Bill of Rights. Mm -hmm. Now, like, you know, I don't know what people call patriots now. It looks like they're all racist. But if you want to actually be a real patriot, you would stick up for America, which is based on values and true laws and your rights that bill of rights holds the the rights that you have as a man woman and child right that that is what you should really truly be concerned about right now and it's the thing they talk about the least if ever but right now they're really trying to they have a resolution bill on the house floor right now 1154 that's taking away currently bipartisan Right. Everybody thinks these Republicans and Democrats fight bipartisan bill right now. House Resolution Bill 1154 that's attacking the First Amendment mm-hmm. for a nonsense reason. So, like, you know, when you see that and the First Amendment. So basically, if you were out, it's just another way for them to get us caught up in legal shit mm-hmm. and call them laws. If you're out and about from now on and you have your phone on and you're recording a video and you happen to do it in the wrong way in front of the wrong person now you can get arrested because your right to film in public is null and void if you say the wrong shit now you can get arrested because they've taken away the freedom of speech a lot of people bark and they say oh they already took away the freedom yeah metaphorically they did and but officially they haven't they're getting ready to officially do that take away the freedom of speech for real like with paperwork which is how they operate so like, people need to pay attention to that type of shit and, like, become really informed. That's the way to hold these politicians accountable is to be really informed about what's going on. MSNBC and CNN and Fox News and all of these channels, you man, know, and even your local about? news, that's not going to tell you what you need to know to hold these politicians accountable. It's the fourth branch of the government of the United States instead of America. That's the corporation. The corporation has its own media. If you think they're going to tell you anything of note, then you're foolish. You're now giving more consent to be foolish. So if you really want to change something, then build and learn. Learn. Don't think you know everything you need to know. I don't care if you're 50 listening to this. You might not know everything you need to know. Like, grow. You know what I mean? Do your own research. 
and start teaching the future generations how to hold these criminals, how to hold these uh, these hypocrites that are in our government accountable, man. Or it's only going to get worse, especially when they pull off these big government psyops, like what's going on right now with convict. It's only going to get worse, man. Yeah, I agree. And people fail to realize, and this is something I've been saying for the longest, and I know there's other people that say the same thing, but the pen is mightier than the sword. You know what I'm saying? Like, you going back to what you said about actually trying to make this law now they doing it all with paperwork instead of metaphorically with people saying oh they've already taken away our freedom of speech now they're also doing it and they're putting pen to paper that is the biggest thing that people fail to realize because some signatures go on that paper and that ink dry <laughs> this is the bill we got to live with now and then after the fact that they take away our freedom of speech man then it's like <laughs> man, like that's that's a real terrible time that we are staring into right now. And it's like people call themselves or pride themselves so much on being woke, but they just don't see these things that's going on because they choose not to look for it. They rather, like you said, look to the MSNBCs or the Fox News and the CNNs to get their news and be informative about instead of getting out there and actually doing some kind of tangible research to get them to understand what is going on, to put them in the know of what's going on. They would rather just be secondhand, I mean, spoon-fed what's going on through various media outlets that are designed to work for the government. Like you said before, plenty of times I've heard you mention it, the government, I mean, media is the fourth branch of government. So like at the end of the day, people fail to realize that, but you know what I mean? We can sit here and talk that until they blew in the, until we blew in the face, but people got to actually pay attention to what's going on. Instead of just saying they woke, they got to actually pay attention and see what's going on out here, man. Yeah. And people fail to realize, to understand what the politicians and the lawmakers and all of those people study and know behind the scenes. They know confusion techniques. If you were to go to a hypnotist, mm -hmm. and I don't care what nobody say, hypnotism is real. Yeah. So when you go to a hypnotist, they use confusion techniques to get your subconscious mind to take over. Mm -hmm. So your logical mind, the one that you think you operate on most of the time, takes a backseat and it can no longer decipher what's going on in the world and it kind of gives up and lets your subconscious mind take over and when your subconscious mind takes over, it becomes susceptible to suggestion. So that's how they do it with politics and what's going on with everything. Like how many times have they contradicted themselves with what's mm -hmm. going on with con convict, right? Like yeah. it's, it's the biggest bunch of bullshit and, and, and they keep contra And when they do that, they know what they're doing. It's kind of a way to get people to give up their logical mind when they contradict themselves and they talk in circles and they keep doing it over and over and over, it's a way to get your subconscious mind. It's manipulation methods. They've been doing it. They do everything 
from like you know world view poisoning to illusions of time uh another method is divide and conquer indoctrination the use of religion controlled opposition subversive symbolism financial enslavement economic terrorism which is what they're doing now by shutting down everything general chaos but the biggest is fear mm-hmm. that's the biggest tool that they have in their toolbox is fear mm-hmm. and when the manipulator is using fear they have the people i'll just use the term they use people that are being uh poisoned with fear they have them demanding like not just accepting but demanding that the manipulator alleviates the fear right. that has been given to them so then they then have their subconscious mind ready for the manipulator to then provide a solution for the fear, all the while not realizing that it was the manipulator that caused the fear to begin with. It's a cycle. Absolutely. And that's some real gravy right there. Like, if you're listening to this on a link and it wasn't a live link, go back, rewind that part, and then listen to it again. And a lot of times we just go past certain things that we need to marinate on for a second. That part right there, marinate on that, build on that. Yeah. Like, you know, cause that's really what's going on right now, man. See fear. People feel to realize fear is a lot stronger than love. And fear is one of the biggest control tactics known to man. Like if you can keep people in fear of the unknown or in fear of the inevitable, if you can just control people with fear, then you already got most of the psychological battle won because a lot of people get so consumed with their fears that they don't see any other way except for the continued fear mongering. That's what you've been seeing within these last 10 months going on is nothing but a bunch of fear mongering from this pandemic to everything else that's been going on from police brutality to the race war that everybody's talking about right now and to even what's going on in politics like oh this is the most important election of your lifetime how many times have we heard that we've heard that with the hillary trump election we've heard that with the biden uh mitt romney election we've heard that with the by uh the obama and um What's his face? Uh, John McCain election. We've heard that so many various times, but people still get sucked into it because they, they come with that slogan, vote or die or vote for your life. You know what I'm saying? So it keeps people gripped in fear. And a lot of people out here fail to realize that they're being controlled by these fear mongering tactics that by this fearful narrative that they're trying to implant into everybody's psychotic, uh, psychiatric mindset. That is, 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 is working for the people that are trying to institute the fear because now they are able to install that control over the people out there that they have scared right now. And that's one of the biggest things I try to encourage people to use fear as your, as your ally. If you're that scared, get out there and do something that's going to make a difference. So that way they can see that people are not going to be intimidated. People are not going to live in fear of what's going on, that people are hip to what's going on and they're going to do something about it to try to change it. I'm not trying to spark no revolution or nothing, but at the same time, I'm just trying to tell people to think. Stop being so easily submissive or so easily, you know, fooled by what you're seeing out here because everybody is using these fear tactics to gain control over you. 
again. It's not about revolution. It's about revelation. Exactly. We need to understand certain things before we can take to the street and put our fists in the air and all of this shit. We need to learn what they know. But let's be we honest, We need to though. understand what they know. But let's be honest, though. What has, um, um, and me being a black man in this country right now, I'm going to say, and it's probably going to ruffle some feathers, but I'm going to say it because fuck it. it. It needs to be said. But what has marching and putting your fist up in the air really done? What have they really right. done? They throw us a few bones just to, you know, shut up our holler. They continue to open the same wound each and every year, especially around election time with BLM and all these other various movements. And then once this whole thing is all over with, what happens? Everybody goes back to business as usual. They forget all about everything they was out there marching for and doing. See, that's well, why they I did what they, they, they hijacked. Yeah. Um, they, the same corporate entities that are in control of everything have hijacked the movement and the ability to go out there and put the fist in the air because they have provided you the Pepsi or the Coke mm -hmm. of what to protest for and everything. And they've installed these corporations and different things. And I'm going to just say it. BLM is not owned by who you think it's owned by, man. Exactly. It's owned by a corporate entity. It's, 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 it's corporate. P BLM has a tax ID number. Yeah. Like, you know, the, the KKK has a tax ID number. Yeah. It, you, like, the Black Panthers, how you know that they were real, where are they at? They're gone. <laughs> exactly. That's the difference, right? So whenever there's an organic movement, like, you know, John Lennon. Now, we can take this away from race because John Lennon, he was a white man. He got mm -hmm. involved with the Black Panthers at a high level with Huey, yeah. Yeah. right? So, and then he got to the top of that movement and went out there and started really doing it. What happened to him? He's gone. Right? <laughs> He's gone. He's gone. He went He went right along with the Panthers, right? They went and got him. That's, the, that's how you know when something is real. When they're... When the media is covering BLM and all of this bullshit to the way of almost being sympathetic to it, you have to ask yourself why. Yes. Why the same people that have been a part of the oppression, why are they all of a sudden with the movement? Exactly. And I know you can't say it, you know what I mean, for obvious reasons, but I'm going to go ahead and say it. BLM was founded originally, yes, by two women. But it has since come under control of a white man. A lot of people out there fail to realize that BLM is not for black people. It is a corporation. And I tell people that so many times, but people still the same. No, that's not what it means. BLM, Black Lives Matter is really what the movement is. But how do you know where the money is going? Like, it's so yeah. many different things is showing you if you just get out there and just look and stop being so fucking blinded by what you, by your emotions. If you just get out there and just fucking look, you will see that BLM is owned by a fucking corporation. It is not owned by right. black people. It's not owned by we, the black people. You know what I'm saying? It's not owned yeah. by us. It's owned by a white corporation and they're the ones that's getting all this money. Where you think all this BLM money is coming from and where is it going? You donating countless exactly. dollars to this organization that's not doing shit for you. They ain't doing nothing but staring the fucking pot, and people fail to realize that, man. Yeah, thank you for saying that. Yeah, like you know, it's one of them situations where it's a it's a volatile 
subject to talk about, but it's true. Not that far it's from me and not that long ago. It's very violent. Was, so at the end of the day, I'm probably going to be called a coon after this shit. But at the same time, anybody that got my name in their mouth to call me a coon can also have my dick there as well. That's the way I feel about it. <laughs> yeah, I heard that, man. Like, but for real though, like, you know, and we'll get into the tribal thing in a minute because there's some gravy there to talk about too, but not all that long ago and not all that far from me, I actually watched a whole situation get set up. Like, you know, there was a black van that pulled up and those dudes look like the Antifa yeah. motherfuckers, which by the way, the same people that own Antifa own BLM. It's the same corporation. Mm -hmm. So it, it, a van pulled up with them looking motherfuckers in it. And then another truck pulled up that had the people with the signs like you know the blm signs mm -hmm. and then a news van pulled up right next to him and mm -hmm. they sat there and they talked for a minute and then a little while and i'm in the car watching all this shit and it was crazy because my wifey had my phone or i would have took the phone out and just recorded the whole thing and went live with it mm -hmm. but she was in the store and I'm in the car watching the whole damn thing. And then a little while later, a protest sparks out in the fucking shopping center. And then other people came because of the nonsense and because of all of the uproar. Other people came and joined in. Meanwhile, then the cops come and it's like a system of events that happen and it's all fake and it's all staged. Yeah, exactly. We're watching a production. Everything is theater. We're watching exactly. a production. They have hijacked the ability for us to go out and affect change with a real, quote, revolution. And that's why I said it's not about revolution. It's about revelation. Mm -hmm. Because we have to understand what the fuck is happening first. Mm -hmm. We have to have the revelation of truth. We have to have the revelation of understanding what it is, how we all got to this situation. When you look at politics and how bad the world is and how easily everybody's falling for the virus narrative exactly. right now and everything, we have to really study if we are smart, right? A lot of people claim that they're so smart and woke, like you said, and conscious. I hate that shit too. When people say that woke shit and everything, man, it means nothing. It means nothing. That just means that, it, like, most likely the people that say they're the most woke are the people that are, the like, you know, sweet. Yeah, they have all the hashtags, the BLM hashtags and the fucking, like, you know, the blue waves and all the rest of the shit. And the, they fall for the politics and everything else. Come yeah. on, man. Shut the fuck up. Like, exactly. You know what I mean? Like, at the end of the day, like, it wasn't even too long ago. Like, at the beginning of the whole George Floyd situation, there was a video that was shown of an Antifa member that was dressing all black. Had a hammer going around breaking windows at a particular shop, and somebody picked up on that, and they was recording, and the dude was trying to get away. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. And there was another video where somebody was like, "Hold up, who the fuck shows up to a protest site, and you already have bricks and shit like that in place, all right?" right. And I mean, all this shit is out there in plain sight, but so many people are being affected. By their emotions, they're allowing their emotions to lead them instead of thinking logically. And putting the pieces together and seeing, like, yo, you know what? That doesn't sit right. Let me really sit back and really analyze this situation and really give it some real thought and really sit back and and research what's going on. A lot of people's not doing that. See, they picked the perfect formula by race baiting and causing this whole little race war thing. Now people out there, they're leading with their emotions that they're not thinking logically. You know what I'm saying? So, like, that's why things are, seem like it's getting a lot worse than they're getting better because people, the moment something big happens, the first thing people want to do is go to the streets and march and protest and 
destroy buildings and loot businesses and fucking harm one another. But they're not sitting there realizing that, yo, you're doing all these actions now. It's just making that real easy for them to go put pen to paper and put these different laws in place. Now, once you do this dumb shit, you miss your perfect opportunity because you would rather go out there and burn somebody's business to the ground. I ain't got shit to do with what's going on, but you rather go out there and burn this, 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 uh, build, this building down to the ground thinking you're making a statement when only thing you're doing, you're just feeding into the trap. Yeah. And like I said, you know, people have to understand that they already don't know what's going on. Like mm-hmm. if they can get to the, if they can get to the humble position in their mind of, saying to themselves, maybe I don't know what it is that's going on and maybe I need to do my own research. And maybe the research ain't going to all pop up on Google. Maybe I need to really, like, you know, try, right? Maybe I really need to go and try. Maybe research some things online and do what you got to do, but then really put yourself in positions to learn, Mm -hmm. right? And then say, okay, well, how did we end up like this? There's always cause and effect. So we're feeling the effects, but what was the cause? And when they said that America, really that the United States of America, to be specific of what they said, because America wasn't like this, Mm -hmm. the United States were, where they called it a melting pot, Mm -hmm. right? So this, this whole race shit, especially for me, it's, hard to talk about and shit like that but fuck it man i refuse to have my speech limited man like you know but at the end of the day i'll talk about it in the most logical way so we're tribal whether we like it or not Mm -hmm. like you know we all come from cultures we all come from some kind of land that was not this Mm -hmm. right and we all have people who we used to be able to assimilate with because they were our same culture, they were our same race, they were our same people, right? Now, they took all of that and made it a corporation. They brought us all over here. Like, a lot of people think, like, like you know, motherfuckers think, like, white people was the first. Like, we, there was a genocide of a whole race of people that was here first. Exactly. Like, so, like, you know, it's, it's, it's crazy. Like, you know what I mean? So, there's tribes. So, when you have just the tribal nature of things if this never happened the the whole usa never happened right and we were in our native land and we seen somebody who didn't appear to be like us pop up on the shore of our land that's two things and it's instinctual a lot of people feel like we're these smart conscious beings we're really not we're still we're still evolving we still have these tendencies that we still have to outgrow from our previous generations of of evolution so when we used to see people that did not appear to be like us pop up on the shore of where we're from that could mean only two things war or trade exactly and that's it so when they created a situation in america in the usa when they created the situation of what they called a melting pot, they put different tribes on top of each other, literally. Mm-hmm. Like, you know, they, in the cities. They've they've made cities, people on top of each other, these apartment buildings, all of that. They've literally made all of these different tribes have to, uh, uh, to be with each other and interact with each other 
even in a way where they can put food on the table. Mm-hmm. Now, subconsciously, a lot of people don't realize that's sparking all the old feelings of war mm-hmm. or trade in us, right? So then they can easily manipulate those feelings that are in our subconscious mind, where it's either war or trade. So what used to be tribal, used to be race and culture, big politics and mainstream media, mainstream politics, all of that, they've taken that away from us now. Mm -hmm. So now tribe, if you really want to get like, you know, for real, for real about it, even if you want to bring politics into it, there's more of a tribal connection between someone like me and you than there is. And I've said it before, I'm just saying it in a different way now. There's more of a tribal connection with somebody like me and you of different races, but we have faced the same things economically and, like, you know, socially than there is with a lot of people that are my same race or a lot of people that are your same race. They've Mm -hmm. they've changed the way that tribal interactions are working with each other, right? So, like, that's, that's a big part of it. That's a huge part of how we ended up here, cause and effect. How do we end up here? So then the problem is for me to think that the only allies that I have because I'm white or white, or you, the only allies that you have are black because you're black. That's mm-hmm. not the way it is anymore. Things have been poisoned and polluted, right? Mm-hmm. And, and so the real politics, if you want it, there's a lot of, you could have a liberal uh, person that lives out in rural America and a conservative that lives out in rural and they would have a lot more in common with each other than a rural conservative and a conservative that lives in the city. Same thing with a rural uh, liberal and a liberal that lives in the city. Uh, They don't have anything in common. Those people that live in the rural part, they have a lot more in common regardless of their politics. They're living the same life. They're living the same thing every day. They have to see, like, you know, the same things happen. They they have the same cause and effects in their life right there. They can't assimilate with somebody who is in the city. The real politics are rural and city. And the fact that cities even exist is a problem. Because this whole situation, when they made the melting pot and they did all this corporate nonsense, when they made cities, people don't realize, and this is a fact, you know me, I don't say shit where I can end up fucking around and being wrong. You can look it up. Mm-hmm. 70% of America is barely occupied or barren land. Mm-hmm. They have us feeling like we're overpopulated. It only feels that way because the majority of us live in city environments that they put us all on top of each other with and gave us these programs that are supposedly going to help us, but they put us in more debt. Debt to the corporation, like welfare and social this and social that. They put us in debt to the corporation and put us on top of each other, and they Mm -hmm. put us in a constant state of fear. And that's the fucking problem. I mean, 70 percent of America, fam, is unoccupied. I mean, if you look at a cell phone map where they show you, say, for example, like you look at a T-Mobile map and they show you where most of 
your coverage is more effective. Fact, you always look around the cities and areas that are, you know densely populated. You see more. And then you go out towards like places like Montana, San, uh, South, North and South Dakota, other places. You see, there's a whole difference in the map. All those dots seem to disappear. And you get like maybe one, two dots, you know, a few dots or whatever there. But then you see them mostly concentrated in the cities. That should show people a lot of what you're saying. Because uh, when you look at it, you see most of it is along the East Coast, down south in cities like Texas, Houston. I mean, in Houston, Texas, Dallas, California with, you know, Los Angeles, San Francisco, all them areas. You see it mostly concentrated around areas where cities are present and also like the suburbs where things are mostly densely populated so i definitely i understand what you're saying with that one yeah and it changes the politics mm-hmm. because people in city areas which is the majority of the population in the usa or or even let's say uh like britain and shit like that they're facing the same thing mm-hmm. like you know so when you have all of these different races, cultures, creeds put on top of each other, forced to live there and have evil politicians control us and give us fear, fear porn all day in our daily fucking diet. The politics change. So what? So then people in cities have and especially the liberal side has grown to think of guns as something we should take from our homes, something that we should not have because, like I said, our subconscious mind is always ready for war. When we're put close to each other like this and everything else, a lot of what I just described kicks in. So there's a lot of violence, there's a lot of rape, there's a lot of like like robbery, all this kind of shit goes on because we're in a constant state of fear and panic. Even sub- subconsciously, everybody's in a constant state of, is this person out to get me? They don't even really yeah. understand truly why. Yeah. You know, and the funny thing that you said that, because earlier today I'm walking from the store, and I'm walking, I'm by myself, there's nobody around me, and I don't have a mask on. So now I'm walking down the street, and I see this elderly lady, she's walking, she got a, a mask on, a face shield, Happens to see me coming directly towards her and her instinct, instead of just, you know, seeing whether or not I'm going to move to the side and let her pass, she immediately thinks to walk in the street just to get away from me. You know right. what I'm saying? Like, not to, and, and, and not even thinking that's putting her in more danger than if she were to just walk right by you. Yeah, because she was more scared of me than she was oncoming traffic. Exactly. And that proves my point exactly of what it is because. And really, you can't blame people like that because they're just programmed with this bullshit. Okay, I'll take that back. To a degree, you can't blame them. Overall, they are to blame because it's consensual that they haven't learned better. But at the end of the day, like, you know, this is the shit that has, that they've bestowed upon us for all of these years. This is the programming mm-hmm. that have been put over everybody that live in even suburbs are crowded, man. Suburbs, that's just yeah. another term for, like, you know, a less crowded city. Yeah, it's it's Like, it is what it is. It's not rural. So, like, you know, cities and suburbs have a lot more in common than they do with rural. So, like, you know what I mean? It's 
the politics change. That's why they feel like they got to take all our guns away and people are consenting to having their own protection taken away from them. The reason in the Bill of Rights, the reason why we have guns and different shit is to protect us from the tyranny, from the government, from the people who are the manipulators, who are making us scared of each other and put us all in these bad spots. But, but but the politics changes from city to rural. In rural, and I can attest to this because I'm a city boy, man. I grew up in this city. I'm from this city. But I moved down south, and I lived in a rural area. I lived in a city area down south, and then I lived in a rural area for like five years down south. So I know both both lives, so I can speak on this. Mm-hmm. In In like a rural area... They don't look at guns that way. They look at guns as protection. Yeah. They look at guns as a right. They'll, down south, in, that, in them areas, they're more likely to knock on your door and ask you if you have a gun. And if you don't, they'll give you one. Mm-hmm. Like, they, they don't look at guns as a danger. They look at it as, a, as like, a rite of passage. Mm-hmm. Like, it's protection. Not just from people, but from animals that might come up on your land or something like that. They don't really look at it as something that needs to be taken away. They don't look at it as a danger. That's not what... So the real politics that people think is happening and all of that, it's really not happening. They don't see the force from the trees. They don't see that the real politics are between city and suburban life and actual like rural. They don't see the difference because they're they're not exposed to that life. Like I said, I live both lives so I can see both sides. Mm-hmm. Right? So it's one of those situations that most of our politics are rural versus city as opposed to, you know, Democrat versus Republican or black versus white or whatever. That's the real politics that are going on in this country. Yeah. It's crazy when you think about it in those terms. It is crazy. And then when you think about states in particular cities like New York, see, this is the, this is the thing that, you know, a lot of people that don't live here, they don't understand. Like New York city gun laws are very much different than New York state gun laws. See, like if you have a gun license upstate, you cannot carry that within the city limits. You know what I'm saying? Like, and if you have a gun license for New York City, that gun license is strictly for New York City. You can't go over to Jersey with it. You can't go upstate with it. You, and you can only get like specific license. You can either get the, you know, traveling, going back and forth. Like if your job requires you to carry a firearm, say like if you are armor truck uh, guard, or, you know, what I mean, you can have one for your premises, but you got to pay a $500 non-refundable application fee to go through that. And then by the end of the process, you're going to be paying out a little over $2,000 to get a gun. And then when you go upstate, things is a lot different. Like pretty much almost everybody upstate New York have guns. You know what I'm saying? And it's, it's crazy as like that. You know what I'm saying? Like up here in these northern states, mostly democratic states, they are trying to take away your right to bear arms. They're trying to take away your second amendment. Whereas you said down South, you can go to a fucking gun show. 
and, and get guns and shit like that. You know what I'm saying? That's why you, you know, people out there who are familiar with the iron pipeline and everything like that, where a lot of the firearms that get illegally into the city come from down south because people go down south because they don't do much of, re- of a background check or have much of a requirement other than just having, you know, proper identification and money, of course. They get these guns, they, they go down state, they get, I mean, go down south, they get these guns, they come back to the city, sell them, and the next thing you know, people got guns in their hands. You know what I'm saying? So it's crazy. And not just with gun use, but also other parts of politics and the shit that goes on, like Roe versus Wade, abortion and all that. Another mm-hmm. touchy subject, right? And I'm not scared. I'll touch on it. So, like, you know, and by the way, I'm for all the rights to choose anything. Like, you know what I mean? Mm-hmm. I'll state that right up front. I that's don't, a disclaimer I don't, for everybody out there that's listening. Right. Like, exactly. Like, you know what I mean? But it's a topic that is relevant to what I'm talking about because politics are different between city, suburbs, and rural. So city and suburbs, it goes back to that frantic lifestyle that they've put us all in, where most of us are living on top of each other and everything else. We look at, and this is general, you might not look at it like this, your family might not look at it like this, but this is in general why this exists. So when you live in a hectic city life, there's a good portion of the population that views having children as an anchor, that views having children as like something that would hold them back from their rat race, from their day-to-day having to uh, work and put food on the table for just themselves. How could I possibly afford a child, right? I got to do, I work 50-hour weeks, like, you know what I mean? I got to take the subway here and there and all of that, right? So abortion there is looked at in in like you know as a way to like at, at first it was looked at as a way of well now if i have an abortion i can do this rat race better mm-hmm. right and it's okay in a way for me to have an abortion and to not have a family because i i can't possibly provide i got this rat race this and that and the third Mm -hmm. and then politics they come in and they try to make you like the the liberals like you know for abortion right like the right to choose but they but right but they do it in a way where liberals say they're pro-choice but not they're not saying it in a way where they're doing it out of they say they are but they're not doing it out of a way of true love for the woman who really has to sit there and make a decision they're doing it out of like almost necessity so they can go about living their life and earning the amount of money that they want to earn and who are you to tell me that i can't do it where as opposed to rural areas having a child in a big family is a rites of passage too that means that now you have heirs to the throne you bought land you bought um like you have all of this like you know like maybe farmland like you know with with fruits and and vegetables animals and all of that now you have a big family that can carry on that legacy they look at children as legacies right yeah now i understand that there's some people in cities that do have big families and they care about their kids and they look at them as legacies too i'm saying in general this is where the politics are so a lot of people don't realize that and I'm going to keep saying it. The, the, the politics are not black versus white or Democrat versus Republican. It's rural 
and it's city and suburban. Mm-hmm. People don't realize that all of this shit that they're trying to talk about right now with supply chains breaking and this fear porn about us not having food soon and all of this. Okay, that again, if you really want to research the cause and effect, who do you think provides the food that you get in the cities and in and the suburbs? Who do you think the gives the food exactly they give the food to the supply chains that then choose to break Shit, they are, so part then of the, the they are the supply chain that's basically where the supply chain starts is from these rural areas where you think right. you're getting your so the rural, and vegetables yeah. and all that stuff from yeah the rural areas give it up to the major manufacturers so then mm-hmm. the major manufacturers now you're creating a corporate entity within another corporate entity within another it's like a matrix yeah. of just corporate entities <laughs> right but so then no, so no, then no. they have the right to just they have the right once the rural farmers and the people give up their meat and their produce and everything to the manufacturers. The manufacturers are now a corporate entity that is controlled by the same people who run this country. So when you yeah. hear scarcity, scarcity is a spell. That's a trick. That's a magic trick. There's no such thing as scarcity. We have abundance. The scarcity is within the corporation. If that corporation wants to shut its own manufacturing down, that will create um what people think to be a scarcity of food within the city and the suburban life. And Mm -hmm. that's true, but that's consensual. If you want to continue to have your life based around supply chains that are, that are owned by manufacturers that are owned by a corporation, then that's up to you. Mm -hmm. Even if you live in an apartment somewhere in, in some borough or some, some city somewhere, there ain't no reason why you can't grow some tomatoes on your balcony. Like it's all a mindset wherever you are, you can always build from there. Now, if you want to be lazy and continue to have daddy, which is the government, take care of you and provide all of this shit for you. Oh, but I'm getting too real, right? See, this is where we need to figure out cause and effect. Okay, so the debates, did they talk about that? No, of course not, because they don't want to get to the root of the fucking problem. If you want to keep calling the government daddy, and then fine, so be it. Like, you know, but then you can only have what the government calls benefits. Mm -hmm. When they put a benefit package and they tell you that this is the benefit of this. Okay, you can only have the benefits they choose to give you. But what they give you more of than the, quote, benefits is the disadvantages. Mm -hmm. And we never get to the bottom of that. There's always disadvantages to the so-called benefits that the government's that the world governments, especially ours, are providing for their, quote, people, mm-hmm. for their persons. So we are choosing to consensually participate in a corporation. If you, if you step back and you look at it from a thousand feet, if you're humble enough to do that, you can say, oh, well, I can just get 70%. I want to say that again. 70% of America is either like very little occupied or barren land. You can go, we're not overpopulated, man. You can go get yourself a piece of land, half acre, whatever, grow your own food, get some animals, have a big family, do whatever you want to do. Or you can continue to be in the city. And I get it. A lot of people don't want to get out of that city life. They have the job, da-da-da-da-da, got it. But that's part of being 
in this corporate personhood right. that they've created for everybody. So now if you say I'm unwilling to step out even even 10 feet, like it's all baby steps. If you want to start to understand what I'm saying, it's not all in or all out. You can slowly get yourself up out of it. Mm -hmm. That's what I'm doing currently. I'm looking into land and everything else. And I'm a city boy, mm -hmm. right? I don't want to, I don't necessarily want to, disassociate myself with city life and go live on land and do what I got. But I'm looking at the way the world is right now and I don't have a fucking choice. Mm -hmm. I'm not going to sit here and comply to all of their fucking demands. It's getting worse, man. Yeah. This convict nonsense, they're taking away all of our fucking rights. Man, I'm not going to consensually continue to live in a world that contradicts itself 24-7 and I got to sit here in front of a whole bunch of people with masks on their face for no fucking reason and, and, and it is for no fucking reason to, and all of these different things that they that they've put on the public that the public just accepts I'm not going to participate in that now I realize that's consensual I have to step out of that Yeah. and it, you are able to do it it takes time it takes sacrifice it takes change but Everybody who complains about politics on a daily basis and doesn't say one-tenth of what I just said, they're misinformed. They're not even on the right track, and they have no right to complain at all. Yeah, I agree, because at the end of the day, if you, if you sit there and allow yourself to be fed bullshit by the powers that be, then what are you complaining for? You want to sit there and complain, yeah. but what are you doing to change it? You're not doing anything but complaining. You know, we, yeah. we used to have this old saying, what use is what use is complaining going to do, especially when nobody's listening? You sit there complain all day long. Nobody's going to listen to you complain. They're going to tune you out. So what are you doing that's actually going to affect change for the reason that you're complaining for? You know what I mean? Yeah. And people have all these demands. And they, they don't understand that the only money that this corporation has is the money it takes from us, mm -hmm. period. And that's real gravy. I'll say it again. The only money that this corporation, the United States instead of America, the United States of America has, the only money they have is the money they take from us. Taxes, all that shit. Job that's the only money that, that they... Right. Yeah. So that's 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 what they have to work with. So when you have your demands that you want your food in less than 10 minutes, guess what they have to do? They have to move around and take money again from us, from us. They have to take more money from you to make that possible. And in so doing, it fucks somebody else's job up. It, it takes away some opportunity for someone else. It closes some mom and pops down for them to be able to Man. give you your demand of food in less than 10 minutes and all the other shit that you want. Man, but shit, the and fucked it, up thing about it is even with everything that's going on right now, these mom and pops are really struggling right now with this whole shutdown and not being able to go back to work and make a dollar. Like, it's sad to see how many businesses, especially within the food and beverage industry that is being lost right now because of the refusal in certain states and even some areas to reopen and allow these people to get back to work.
You know what I'm saying? Like that's that's the fucked up thing about it. You know, and then on top of that, you know, going back also to what we were talking about just a few minutes ago when we were talking about, you know, the you know, supply chain and most of your food coming from rural areas, that's also where you see like a lot of this whole climate change come into play because a lot of people are talking about they dealing with droughts in certain areas. And you notice the droughts always really hit in the areas where they do a lot of the the food growing and stuff like that, right? So it's like, it's crazy. That's a whole other discussion that could be had, but you know what? What do I know? <laughs> you know? Yeah, and yeah, I hate endlessly talking about the virus narrative and all of that, but man, yeah. it's the world we live in, and it's something that 20 years down the line, if I'm still around, I'm going to be proud that I was doing what I had to do while I still had the freedom to do so, to speak on it and everything like that. But one of the headlines just today was that the biggest outbreaks of COVID are in the rural areas. Mm-hmm. Now, to some, to everyone who's lived in the city their entire life and maybe not even took a trip to a rural area or doesn't know how it all works, that, that right there... when most of the time your nearest neighbor is a mile away. Exactly. It's all bullshit. These things that they constantly say about this fucking virus narrative is constant nonsense. There is no way that the biggest outbreaks of some fucking virus is in rural areas. It just isn't true. These people don't leave their area. In West Virginia, for for instance, I've been there a lot. And you'll travel for miles and only see trees. And then you'll see, like, you know, a shopping area. By the way, the shopping areas in West VA, a lot of them, they don't even have pavement. It's just dirt mm-hmm. in front of a store, a store or two. And then you'll go miles and miles, and then you might see one house. And then you go miles and miles and miles and see another house. Mm-hmm. Now, the way most of the population believes that a virus is spread is through germ theory. Mm-hmm. You know why? Because there was a guy named Louis Pastor in the fucking 1800-something that said so. That's it. That's the only reason why, and and then the Rockefeller Foundation picked up on it, which controls allopathic medicine, Western medicine, and then now that's what it is. So the evil corporation that took over all the Western medicine because of some fucking guy in 1800-something said germ theory. That's why we all... Okay, so... Germ theory basically states that if you're in a big room with somebody, you cough, you sneeze, everybody in the fucking room got it. That's what germ theory states. Okay, so the virus is spread through germ theory is what we fucking, as a whole collective, believe. How is that fucking possible that in the rural areas that those are the biggest spreaders? Mm. All of these lies collapse in on each other. Right. It's so like they I'm not a, I'm not a believer in germ germ theory, by, by the yeah. way. And I'll say why. Because I was told it. Because yeah. I was told it in school. That's why. I don't yeah. believe anything that liars tell me. So when I learn in life that I've been lied to the majority of my life, and then I do something called using my brain. And then I go back in time and and retroactively start to deprogram myself from what I was told by liars. Right. So these same liars that said that you were three fifths of a man told us about space. They told us about germ theory. They told us about everything else. Mm -hmm. Now, you're a full man, dog. 
The only place in the Constitution where it even says the word man and not person is when it was trying to talk about how black people were equal. Mm-hmm. And it said the word man. And it said you're three-fifths of a man. Mm-hmm. Now, coincidence, right? So that's what I'm saying. When when they when they continuously fucking lie, and we are most people will say when you ask them, do you believe? If you don't use the context of the virus, mm-hmm. right? If you if you just out of nowhere say, do you believe mainstream media? Most people will think they're smart and say no. Most people will be like, nah, they're, nah, I don't believe the mainstream media and what they say. Yeah, they lie a lot. Yeah. Okay. Now, bring up mainstream media in the context of the virus. Say, so do you believe in what they're talking about with the virus? Before you know it, you'll get people with their with their hands over their ears going, ah, la, 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 la. They don't want to yeah. hear it. They don't want to hear it. They're, they, they shut it down, and then they just want to believe everything that they're told by mainstream media. The same people that somewhere deep down they know are liars, Right. If you ask the most, quote, woke person, do you think what you were taught in school was true? They'll say no. But if you ask them about the virus, they'll show you their Louis Vuitton mask. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> and you, you know what I mean? Yeah. And, and, and it's real funny. It's real funny style that, like, you know, I'm starting to see a lot of these bodega revolutionaries that used to be out and about when I was growing up, like, you know what I'm saying? And I'm seeing them outside with militant masks on their face and like, you know what I'm saying? And everything else. And they're complying in their own way. They believe it in their own way. Mm-hmm. Where are the true thinkers at? The people who will challenge the, the status quo of thought. Well, what's happening with a lot of these true thinkers nowadays is they're being buried under a lot of the lies. You know, right. like a lot of people are being censored and being shadow banned from various platforms because they're speaking truth. And as long as, like we said, you know, that keyword control, as long as you can control how a person thinks, moves and react to certain situations, then you got half of the battle won right there. So what what is the other best case scenario to do other than to censor people that are actually out there trying to, you know, spread truth like yourself for example you know various times you have told me that you know your content is not getting through or your views is not the way they should be because you know like you you know people are censoring your content on various platforms you know what i'm saying what easier way to dispel the truth is by pushing it away or burying it under a pile of lies you know what i mean yep and i sent this to you ahead of us doing this discussion so i'm probably sure you haven't taken a look over the link but see whether you believe in god i'm not going to get into all of that but whether you believe in god or whatever your spiritual sense is there's always karma and like you know even the devil believes in god Right. So even the de- so if you were to take it to the most famous story ever of Adam and Eve and the tree and the, and, and the snake, the snake did not force him to bite no apple. It was a suggestion. It was a trick. It was deception. Then he bit the apple. So there's a contract between evil and good that it's not going to be forced upon you. But there is going to be tricks involved. There is going to be deception yeah. involved 
when it comes to making everyone concede to all of the nonsense and everything else that's going on. So when it comes to like, you know, believing everything that you see and hear in the media, that's consensual. You could just go do research. The contract between good and evil states, and this goes back to any holy book you want to read, the Quran, the Bible, whatever. It, it, there's always a way for the truth to be found. Even like you said, if it's buried in lies, the best place to hide a lie is between two, two truths. That's how the corporations look at it and everything. It's up to you to go find it. So the contract with good and evil is they still have to place the truth somewhere for you to see it, or they have to make the lie so unbelievable and nonsensical that you have to be dumb to believe it. And then they trick you into believing the most nonsensical fucking lie that there is. Well, shit, truth this be told, God. No, I'm just saying this. This one thing that I sent you is from the CDC fucking website, the mm -hmm. actual CDC fucking website. And I'm gonna just read a little excerpt. It's not even long. The analytical sensitivity of the PCR, which is the test, the testing contained in the CDC. 2019 novel coronavirus, blah, blah. Talking about COVID, this and that. And then it says, we're determined in the limit of detection study. So basically, they're just talking about the test there and everything and how that they come to terms with what they find in the test. And it says, since no, I'm going to say it again, since no quantified virus isolates of the 2019 COVID are currently available essays designed for the detection of the COVID RNA were tested with characterized stocks. Mm -hmm. Now, a lot of people are like, what the fuck does all that mean? So I looked into it and I have a friend, real good friend who has a doctor as a wife. So to me, what that said was that they never isolated a virus. So I wanted to make sure that what I was looking at was true and what I thought was true. And so I brought it to her. I said, so what, what does this mean? Right? And then she said, basically what that whole sentence means, and there's a PDF. Matter of fact, I'll drop the link. If you're listening to this in the link, I'll drop the link to the PDF underneath where you're listening to this at. If you're listening to it live, go back to my socials and then go to the link, go under the link, you'll see the PDF. It's right there. I have no problem sharing it. And by the way, this is not a conspiracy theory. The CDC fucking said it in July. Not all that long ago, a few months ago. So basically, she explained it to me and said that what that just said was that they never quantified a virus. They never pulled a virus. And when you see RNA, that just means genetic makeup, like a, like a genetic um, code. Mm -hmm. So, and then when it says that they're they're basically comparing it to other stocks. What that means is, so the coronavirus, for those of everyone who doesn't know this, it's been around for hundreds of years, man. Different yeah. kinds, the common cold, so on and so forth, the flu, everything. There's many different kinds of coronaviruses. So what they did was, these tests, by the way, the PCR test, which is the most common one used, the maker of the PCR test died a year before COVID hit. Mm -hmm. And he said before he died that this kind of test is not meant for diagnosis. 
it's not meant for the diagnosis of infection mm-hmm. because what it does is it tests for RNA, which is a genetic sequence. So if you've had basically what this just said is it could not find something called convid. You fill in the math of what I'm talking about. I'm not going to say the name. I already get hit with enough of my shit getting taken down. So convid 1984, right? They could not find any they could not isolate anything called convict. They just couldn't. So instead, what they did for these tests was they put the RNA, like I said, a genetic sequence test for the coronavirus. Now, so if you test, all right, so if you've had a cold in the past six months, you're going to then pop positive because it's still in your tissue. And this is straight from a doctor. So if you've had the flu in the past six to eight months or a cold or whatever, even a bad allergy attack that led to a bad sinus infection or pneumonia, like a regular one or anything, right? You're going to pop positive because it's in your genetic makeup. They're testing tissue for genetic sequences, not for a virus. They even said right there, they have never to this day isolated convict ever. So they're testing you for genetic sequences that may or may not be. Most people are going to pop positive for that because that's the way it rolls. That's how they came up with this whole bullshit of being asymptomatic and all this other shit. Because if you've had a cold six months ago, you're going to pop positive and then they're just going to call you asymptomatic. Mm-hmm. And that's why I always bring in common sense. And I'm like, so this is supposedly the most deadliest pandemic known to mankind and all the rest of it. But then... So how do motherfuckers get it and then not even know? And then, like, you know what I mean? They're asymptomatic, this and that. Because it's tricks. It's deception. The snake don't have to tell you the truth. They just have to try to get you to believe it. Mm -hmm. But then when you look into it, you can find out why this is happening. Right? And then you can just know to not trust known liars. That's on your screen. Pick a screen. Your phone screen. Your TV screen. Your laptop screen. Stop believing them. That's consensual. You don't have to be stupid. You could go do your own research. And then why would they do all this? If I even have to answer that question, you're in the wrong saloon. Like, you know what I mean? <laughs> why would they do it? We've been uttering that same phrase all night throughout this uh, discussion. Do your own research. And I think a lot of people right. fail to realize that doing your own research and coming up with your own answers for your own questions as regard, I mean, as supposed to waiting for somebody to spoon feed you a lie is more fulfilling and satisfying to you in the long run than it is to sit there and be fearful living in fear from all these lies. You know, like right. for example, like a lot of us at the beginning of this whole pandemic, we wasn't fully in understanding what we was dealing with. So a lot of us chose to do our own research. So as we started to learn to do the research and also listen to a lot of the inconsistencies that a lot of these big media uh, outlets was putting out there and, and picking apart those inconsistencies with the research and information that we found, it made things a little easier to look at and be able to differentiate the lies from the truth. You know, but a lot of people still rather be spoon fed these lies and sit there and continue to believe bullshit. You know what I'm saying? So it was like, 
people are their own victims at times. You know, you can only yeah. do but so much. This is almost like the theory of you can lead the horse to water, but you can't force the horse to drink. That's the same thing. Like people are being their own victims right now because they continue to choose to believe the bullshit instead of getting out there and actually doing their own research. But you know what? They don't hear me though. Yeah. And and it, like I said, the contract between good and evil, they always put the truth in plain sight. It's just they don't tell you about it. It's yeah, up exactly. to you to go find it. So the truth was in plain sight the whole time. It's on the goddamn website. Exactly. Right? CDC. Yo, that's exactly what I was going to say earlier. Yeah, that's exactly what I was going to say earlier is like the truth is right there in plain sight for a lot of things. You know what I'm saying? Even a lot of the foreshadow of events to come is right there in plain sight, but people are so blinded by the bullshit that they're missing it. Like I was telling you about the debate. I said, me, I don't really get into the political theater because I know it's bullshit. But at the same time, I listen to it and I listen for the inconsistencies and I listen for the things that people miss because they're so caught up in listening to the candidates go back and forth you know, seeing who can shut who down, who can say the most snappiest thing and who can make the other person look dumb or who can make, you know, say the flyest shit. They missing a whole lot of the other things that are in between that, you know, if you pay attention, you will understand or be able to understand what's going on and what's about to take place. Like the, the truth is in plain sight, man, but people are still just choosing to walk around with their blinders on. So what can we really do? Yeah, that's why, you know, I say what I say and then a couple people hit me up every now and then and you know it makes it worth it they say thank you you broke a few spells for me like you know what I mean and mm-hmm. led me the right way and all of that and that's really the only reward that I can get from speaking out because each one teach one man if I can mm-hmm. even just affect one person's mind by talking out then I know that that's gonna reverberate like you know what I mean but aside from that man I'm like you know it's gotta be a collective people have to just start to wake the fuck up right now what's going on man like it's to the point where if we don't this next election all of this fucking nonsense about it being the most important election ever and all of that no the results of what's going to happen afterwards that's going to be the most important thing to happen in our lifetime. <laughs> the effects of exactly. everything that will happen will be the most important thing. You know and the, if we don't take action now, it's going to be too late. But you know exactly what's going to happen. Four years from now, after this election is over, and after this new administration or current administration goes through the next four years, they're going to come up with the same bullshit once again, saying that this is the most important election in our lifetime. Right. They're going to keep yep. reverberating that same garbage and people are going to still keep on eating it and they're going to still keep on, you know, being misled. <laughs> it's just, I don't know, man. It's like, like I said, we can sit here and we can keep touching these points and speaking on them until we're blue in the face, but we can only do but so much, but put it out there for people to listen to and then leave it up to them to decide whether or not they're going to act on it and how they're going to act on it. But at the same time, like, I don't know, man. I don't know. We at a point, we at an impasse right now with people because so many people are choosing to stay asleep and you got people out there that call themselves being woke, but they're not really fully awake yet. You know what I mean? Yeah. I mean, you hear me every week. You know what I mean? If I'm not touching on... What's going on in the world? Or I got a lot of people that 
they come to me to listen to about like the entertainment business and, and the music business stuff too. Like, you know what I mean? I try to cover both things and then I try to tie them in together because really there is a lot of parallels. Yeah. So like, you know what I mean? I try to like, there's, there's just so much that we can do because it gets tiring yeah. after a while to continue to say the same thing over and over again. Cause then I get the same response from people. Well, I know somebody who got it and this and that and the third, and then I got to tell them, so do I. And then like, you know, cause they think they're the only person in the fucking world that knows somebody at this point. We all know somebody, man. Like, but then look at the fucking world around you. Does it make sense of what's going on? And then mm-hmm. you have to understand that. A lot of these fucking numbers are just due to medical malpractice from the fucking directives that they're given from the CDC and the NIH to the local health systems. They're mm-hmm. not treating people the same way that they used to with illnesses, man. Regular illnesses are killing people because they're not being treated. And then they just call it convict. They, it's like, you know, they try to get everybody with this convict shit right now. They're getting the numbers up. It's for a reason. All of yeah. this shit is leading up to something bigger. If you're not willing to open up your mind, and if you're not willing to go and help your family member or whoever you know of that was diagnosed with it that might be in the hospital right now, if you're not willing to go above and beyond to go try to help them and get them a case manager and make sure they're safe right now, then I don't want to fucking hear from you anyway. You're not going to get me on a guilt trip. That's one thing that that tries to get people to close their mouth right now. That's a narrative that tries to get people to shut their mouth right now. It's empathy. And mm-hmm. I have all the empathy in the world, man. If you know somebody that passed, and it, it, like, I get it, man. And I'm definitely sorry to hear that. But it's not going to get me to stop telling the truth, man. Yeah. Just, it is what it is. You know. I think somebody, i seen it, you know, on social media. Somebody raised the question. And they said, you know, and not to say this out of any discontent or any kind of ill intention whatsoever, but somebody raised a question and I think like I seen, you know, or was able to get, you know, this going across and somebody said, what happens to those people out there who find out the truth about how their loved ones passed during this pandemic? You know, and it's like when they find out the truth that your loved one didn't pass away because of this virus or whatever the case may be, what is your reaction going to be then? And yeah, somebody I'm- said that shit and I'm like, damn, that's deep, you know, and I'm like, yeah. I, I want to see how the reaction is going to be. But it's like at the end of the day, it's like, damn, it's because so many, like I said, the truth is in plain sight. So it's been a lot of people that's been coming out with accounts of what's been going on and what actually happened to their loved ones, but a lot of people are still overlooking a lot of that. You know? Yeah. Like, what are they going to do when they find out? See, the, but the problem is they made autopsies illegal. Yeah. Now, why would you even do that? Like, just that alone. Like, that doesn't raise red flags for people. You know what I mean? At this point, Like, no. an autopsy tells you exactly what they got. So the reason why they... They're not doing autopsies right now is because it'll tell you exactly what the person died from. Mm-hmm. Like, you know what I mean? And it won't be some virus that the CDC admits they haven't found yet. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? It, like, it's almost a year of this. Since when have you known about something for almost a year and still not known about it? Mm-hmm. It's ridiculous that we're still stuck on repeat with this shit. It's a loop. 
like you know what I mean? It's it's tiring to talk about it and everything else, man. But it's the world we live in. And That's also, why how many times the solution you, is to get out of this, man. To and, get to get the fuck out of it. And how many times can you continue to use the whole narrative that we're still learning about this virus? We're still learning exactly. about what's going on. Like you said, it's been way over a year now because this thing happened what around. What, um, summer, it started really starting to take place, you know, the summer of 2019. And here we are now. We got going to November now. Like, I mean, so how, how more can you keep seeing that with all this testing, all this studying you're doing? How many times can you continue to use that we're still learning about this virus? And how many times can you say we're still learning about the virus, but there's a vaccine about to happen? Like mm. those two, those two sentences don't work with each other. Yeah. If you don't know about it, you can't have a vaccine for it. Yeah. Like, it, and then so if they haven't isolated it, and then how do they have a vaccine for something they've never isolated? Yeah. I mean, there's so many questions, no answers. So many questions, right? So, at some point, you got to disconnect. Now, when that disconnection happens, it, like, what do you choose to do at that point? Like, you know what I mean? What is it that you're going to choose to do once you realize that everything around you is fucking nonsense? Like, you know what I mean? And and, and it's just corporate agenda. That's all this is, man. Yeah. It's a reset, but it's a lot of different things. It's, it's an economic reset. It's a, it's a spiritual reset. It's a lot of different resets that are going on right now that they're trying to control us with, man. It's like, I've never seen the population so fucking stupid in my life. Like it, it's to the point now where I know that if they told us on mainstream media, and now they know. By the way, it's not just me. Now they know, which is even more dangerous. Now they know they could tell us any wild shit, and we're all going to believe it. Mm -hmm. They well, literally all, said at least most people. Most people enough where it's going to affect those who don't. Mm -hmm. Right. And we're going to have to move in a different way and adjust our life around all of the nonsense because so many other people fucking believe it. Right. Like in, uh, now, new normal and all that. We've been over that a million trillion different times. But yeah. I, I get so mad when I'm around somebody and they use that term. Not just about the virus and all shit, but when they're like, well, this is going to be the new normal for the music business, or this is going to be the new normal for, <laughs> like, you know what I mean, food production, or this yeah. is going to be the new normal for, like, I'm like, man, will you stop? Like, I'm to the point now, man, you ain't my friend if you say that. Mm -hmm. Like, I'm I'm to that point. Like, I get mad at you. <laughs> you know what I mean? Well, like, I'm not, like, I'm mad at you. Well, one new normal we have been seeing when it comes to the music business is the fact that you got so many prominent people <laughs> that are selling their copyrights in their publishing. Like another victim so was, you know, selling their, their shit, LA Reed. You would LA never Reed. yeah, you would never think that a person with LA Reed status would do such a thing, man. But it's like damn, it's the the music business is really taking a big hit as well as the entertainment business as well. Like that shit is really like hitting hard where you got people Selling their publishing and also selling their copyrights, man. Like, dang. And by the way, to everybody listening that might have heard one of the last ones that we did on this, you're welcome, man. Like, yeah. I keep being, like, I keep batting a thousand. I said this before Kanye went on his tirade and then tweeted out 
Merck Macchiatis's information. And everybody was like, who's Merck Macchiatis? I've been talked about him in content and how important him and hypnosis was going to be and all of that. And now everybody's just now coming on board with how it's like, yo, how long we've been talking about about it? Music Business 101 and even the follow-up we did on Music Business 101. I mean, uh, Music Business Dilemma and uh, The Solution. We spoke about that. You know? Yep. I mean, come on, man. Like, how many times do people have to question what I say about the music business and sit there and argue with me, man? Like, you know what I'm saying? About what what it is that's going on. I said, even then, I said, we're going to see a lot of these prominent people selling off their publishing, their copyrights and everything else mm-hmm. because it's all, it's a corporate restructuring. And that's why I say what's going on in the world and the entertainment business ties together because the people at the top of all of these corporations know each other and work together. Mm-hmm. It's a complete reset. So everything that these people of prominent status, like L.A. Reid, like, you know, uh, uh, even RZA, like, and then I mentioned that there was gatekeepers and I got a lot of people that disagree with me about that. I got some blowback because I called RZA and Hove and Diddy gatekeepers. And then I'm like, okay, you'll see there'll be more that are of their status that are going to cuck to Merck Macchiatis. And then you'll see who's the gatekeeper and who's not. And then what happens? A couple months later, L.A. Reid, another gatekeeper, sold all, you know what I'm saying? How many times do I got to be right? It's just, it is what it is. That's what's going on right now, man. I actually retweeted that link that I saw come across my timeline on Twitter about L.A. Reid signing, I mean, selling off his 162 songwriting and publishing catalog to Mark Macchiatis and Hypnosis, like... At this point in time, I'm just my question is who's next? Who's going, who else is going to sell yeah. their publishing? Who else is going to sell their copyrights? Because you're seeing a lot of prominent people selling off their copyrights and their you know their publishing. Like it's, it's, it's deep, it's serious, man. There's a lot of people who are doing it in their contract where they ask for mercy for their to not be a headline. Mm, about yeah. it so there's a lot more that's going on that we don't even know about like the shit that gets reported that's bad enough it seems bad enough but there's a lot that's going on that we won't even know about we'll just end up hearing it like you know mm. what i mean we'll end up hearing what we used to listen to when we was growing up or our parents used to listen to growing up just in a walt disney ad or some shit we'll just yeah. end up hearing it and be like oh shit they sold it to Merck." Yeah. Like you know what I mean? So let me let me rephrase my question. It's not a question of who's next. It's more of a question of who has done it already at this point. Right. In addition exactly. to who's next. Yeah. And I I don't I foresee it to be the whole business. Yeah, I can see I that. I foresee it to be I I foresee well, it to be the whole business of people that are of note. Right. Like, you know what I mean? It's not going to be people that like underground artists and shit like that. Like, you know what I mean? Because most of them own their own shit. Yeah, Noteworthy people. But I don't as far as the noteworthy people go, I don't see someone like a Puffy or somebody like a Jay, somebody like a a Nas or somebody like a, you know, a Dr. Dre or Snoop Dogg selling their, you know, publishing. But at the same time, like, who's not to say they haven't done so already? Yeah, and in some ways, they have through proxy. So when No ID gave up his, that kind of gave up Hoves. 
because yeah. the way that the, like the way that contracts work when you're doing copyrights and you're doing publishing and all of that the artist owns a certain amount for their writing the producer yeah. owns a certain amount for, for their production. so yeah so there's a contract made for that so when when they went to the table with Merck and no ID gave up his catalog Hove had to sign yeah because the original contract was between the producer and the artist so Hove had to sign he had to be aware of what it was that was going on mm. and that his voice and likeness can be used now in shit that he did not agree to yeah. to begin with when the songs were made same thing with Kanye like, like you know and that's what his whole temper fit that happened that's still reverberating through all of that nonsense it was a pub stunt and well, people supposedly yeah, it's supposedly exposed the industry he didn't expose nobody man that whole thing was fake bro that whole thing was fake <laughs> yeah I mean, I mean it's nobody nobody is exposed man like everybody now you have all these it just gave people license to complain and bitch yo speaking of exposure you notice how you got a lot lately now where these so-called content creators they call themselves exposing shit or speaking on shit they have no idea what the fuck they're talking about you notice that right lately i mean oh like, yeah you got a lot of people like the other day i'm watching some stuff People call themselves trying to expose some truth behind something with Diddy. I'm not going to get into that because that's not my business. I don't know nothing about that, so I'm not even going to talk about that. And then you got other people that was trying to expose certain, call themselves exposing certain shit about, you know, this whole Megan Thee Stallion, Tory Lanez thing. And then other people trying to expose, like, people that are in the industry now, such as, like, a phase on Love that's trying to expose certain secrets and stuff like that. You notice that there's a lot of that content going on now? Yep. And it's a lot of people who don't know what the fuck they're talking exactly. about. Exactly. I'm yeah. like like that's what I you know, I I I posted this like a couple of weeks ago. I'm like, yo, like I'm asking the question, I'm like, why do people feed so much into gossip columns and, you know, this bullshit based off of, of an opinion that's not an exact fact? I'm like, at the end of the day you got so many people out here calling themselves exposing shit, but you don't know what the fuck you're talking about. I'm like, do you know, have you ever heard of the term defamation of character? Like, mm-hmm. a lot of these people out here, they get wind of this shit that you're saying. And if it's not factually accurate, it's not something that you could back up with proof. They can take your ass to court for that. And then you got a lot of these content creators because they're not creative enough to create content that is meaningful for people to sit down and get interested in. They want to speak about shit that they heard in some kind of back page tabloid and they call themselves exposing shit. Like, the fuck out of here. Unless you a real industry insider, I don't want to hear that shit coming from somebody that is no step above a level than what we're on right now, especially when it comes to exposing anything. Yeah. Like, when Ye was supposedly exposing Merc Macchiatis and all of these bad record, record execs and everything else, do people forget what he did with good music? <laughs> Apparently. Like, so... <laughs> so to say face... So, and so yay when he was doing what he brokering the deals with good music he was giving out jv deals joint venture deals now he can talk about all of the all of the bad men all of the industry executives that are devils and all of this shit 
joint venture deals are usually worse than a regular deal situation because mm-hmm. there's a middleman that, that's now involved. Like, you know what I mean? It, it's, it's so crazy how people are... If you're going to talk about a topic, know what the fuck you're talking about. Exactly. If you don't know what a JV deal is, and then maybe don't talk about the whole entire thing. If you don't know about... Like you said, there's liability. Like, you know what I mean? That goes on a person for talking about shit they don't know what they're talking about. If you're just an independent platform and your only exposure to the music business is being a fan and then shut the fuck up. Like, it's better to be quiet because, like, there's a million platforms that are covering all of that shit that are mainstream platforms and, like, you know, the ones that people are used to hearing. Mm -hmm. People are just going to go there to hear that bullshit, all of the gossip nonsense. Like, you know what I'm saying? If you don't know what the fuck you're talking about, in those mainstream platforms, they have all of the liability clauses to cover them if there were to be a lawsuit or there were to exactly. be something. And when you don't know what the fuck you're talking about, you're opening yourself up for all of that liability and everything else. Exactly. You got to be real factual with the shit that you're talking about. Exactly. And not only being factual because of the liability aspect of the whole situation, you also want to open yourself up to the possibility of you getting yourself fucked up by sitting here slandering somebody's name and you don't know what the fuck you're talking about. See, people fail to realize that, yes, the entertainment business is smoking mirrors, but you got some real fucking wolves. That is within this music and entertainment business. And you got people yeah. that really come from that life and really are about that. So you sitting there, you speaking somebody's name and you putting their name and shit and you don't know what the fuck you're talking about. And if somebody got enough reach to get a hold of you, you can open the door up for yourself to be put in a situation that you can't get yourself out of. Or in other words, you writing a check that your ass cannot cash. You know what I'm saying? Like me, I hear things. And if I speak on it, it's because I have some kind of, you know, some kind of knowledge about what I'm speaking on. But you would never hear me speak on a subject about something I don't know about. You know what I'm saying? Like, I don't speak on shit like that because I know the damage that can be done if you misinform people just because you want to make shock jock type of content to get people all like, oh, wow, let me go over here. You got the juicy, uh, uh, the tea and all this shit like that. You going over there, but if you saying shit that's not factual, you opening the lines for yourself to get checked on some other shit. You know what I'm saying? Not just legally, but also physically. You opening that door. So like, I always advise people like, yo, if you don't know what you're talking about, please shut the fuck up because you're gonna, you're gonna, do something that's real detrimental to your own being and you don't want that to happen to you. You know what I mean? And it's not a threat. Yeah. That's just something that's just real life. Cause I've seen it happen. So try lightly. Yeah. I mean, there's the real life threats. There's the corporate threat that can happen. Like, you know, of exposing you to the same shit and really like, you know, what you're doing is you're removing all doubt as if you're stupid or not. Yeah. When you sit there and you talk about shit that you don't know about. Exactly. And when they're talking about all this shit to do with, like, you know, Kanye, and then everybody else is coming out to talk about all of this shit. And da, 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 da. Like, I'm going to put you like this, man. Kanye is mad because the entire business is getting sold off to Merck. That's basically what he's upset about. But he went about it in a real dumbass fucking way. Mm-hmm. And when people sit there and they speak about all of the shit that reverberated from that story and everything else that goes on down the line, they don't understand just the basic fundamentals of getting a record deal, let alone what a joint venture deal is, let alone what Kanye did with good music. And he did the same fucking thing 
Like, you know what I mean? And then he said that he gave all his artists money and all of this type of shit. But really, they don't understand the logistics when it comes to making a project. When you have, just alone, there's a, there's a recording fund that comes along with making a project of any kind of note like that, especially in any kind of mainstream arena. Mm-hmm. Three to six hundred thousand, you can just and that's on a low end gets put aside, and that's already debt for shit like samples, which he uses a lot, right? Mm-hmm. Yeah, he uses a lot of samples. Like to clear the samples, people have no idea how hard it is to clear the samples and how much money it takes just alone with with the samples. Like you know what I mean? And then comes the production and the and the mix the mixing and all all of that. People don't realize that a lot of these songs you listen to went through three or four uh, production companies, got mixed three or four different times because they're trying to get that same sound that is on, like, you know, big entertainment. I don't want to say radio because that's really not a thing now, but, like, you know, whatever, but the sound everybody else is using. So they got to go through, like, three or four different companies for mixing and mastering and all of that. Not to mention clearing the samples because not many people are uh, creative enough to make a beat from scratch. They have to use a sample of some kind or an instrumental sound that they don't have the rights for or whatever. Mm -hmm. You know what I mean? All that shit takes contracts. It takes time. It takes a lot of money. So the get back is usually doesn't even cover and especially in these days and times doesn't even cover the amount that you set aside for your recording fund for that project. Mm -hmm. So when you have some, somebody hooked to a JV deal like Ye did with good music. Ye, they didn't get paid. Of course they didn't get paid. Ye barely got paid. Mm-hmm. He was the middleman. It was the major label that ended up getting paid from all of that. Mm-hmm. Like, you know what I mean? Because all of the dumb choices that he chose to do to record the music. You don't have to use samples. You don't have to do all of this. But... That's what he did. That's what he chose to do. That's his, quote, sound. So that's what he wanted to do and continue to do it. Well, that comes with all kinds of liability and risks for himself. Now, he got fucked up. And when it comes to his catalog, now his catalog is in danger because of all of the shit that's getting sold around. So when No ID did what he did, it not only affected Hov, it affected Kanye, it affected everybody. Now, he don't want to give up his lifestyle and what he is like, you know, what he's used to doing, how he's used to living. And now he's figuring that he has to do give up some of his lifestyle or he really has to get into that fashion shit and create a whole different fucking lane because a lot of what was funding all that fashion shit was the residuals he was making from the music. Mm-hmm. And he didn't make all those residuals right away. It took a lot of learning from the executives and a lot of the um, the bullshit that he went through getting jerked around not owning his early catalogs just at all mm-hmm. to being able to own some of his catalogs in the future he learned from all of that and he started to do that himself and it's just a cycle that happens how long are we going to talk about how bad the record industry is and before somebody does something about it the problem mm-hmm. is whenever somebody starts to do something about it they get bought off they get shut up and they get bought off so they stop talking about it so they stop trying to really affect the change Mm -hmm. that's the problem man like you know and nobody has morals in this business man i know that for sure i'm not like when i was dealing with my record deal and all of that type of shit man like 
I felt like I was one of the only people in the room with morals besides my peoples that I came up with that was in the room with me. Mm-hmm. Like, you know what I mean? And it was constantly like that. If people fail to understand that this business is cold, we got motherfucking hip hop Twitter endlessly talking about <laughs> dumb shit to do with hip hop 24 fucking seven. All they do is they talk about their favorite artists. They tag their favorite artists 24 seven artists that used to make music or they still do, but kind of like, you know, artists that are in their forties and fifties now, yeah. you know what I mean? That are just kind of hanging around. They tweet them all day and they call them legends. And then they talk about their favorite music, that they made all day and they what's your top five in this and top ten in that yeah. like, you know what I mean hip hop Twitter is useless like, you know what I'm saying it's a bunch of people talking about shit that they don't understand they don't understand how that food was made all of yeah. that food that they say that they like, they love and all of that they don't know how that food was made but yet they talk about it with strong opinions I mean I'm not even gonna lie I'm not even gonna get it twisted I do have or sometimes engage in some of these conversations because me, I like to talk music. I like to talk hip hop. I like to talk anything that's interesting within, you know what I'm saying? But at the same time, like still you won't catch me talking about something I know nothing about. That's why a lot of these conversations I exclude myself from because at the end of the day, I just don't know. So yeah. I mean, after that yay shit, everybody was talking about masters. Masters got brought up a lot. Mm. And the, just the topic of masters and everything else. And, like, yeah, you know, they've been talking people about just, masters for the longest, though. Yeah, but I mean, even more so with people feeling like they know what that meant. Yeah. <laughs> it's like, you know, back, way back when. So the reason why you have groups and not just hip hop, I'm talking bands, whatever, a lot of it. Why you can still see groups like Aerosmith have money and have that lifestyle that they had in the beginning, they did not own their masters. Nobody does in the mainstream era. Nobody. It doesn't matter who it is from the fucking Beatles to Elvis to rock him. It doesn't matter. Nobody owns their masters when you start out and People always say that like it's a bad thing. Okay, it's not a bad thing. And there's levels to this shit. Because in the beginning, you're going to need marketing teams. Teams. You're going to need the resources that only a major label could have to get you in front of that many people. Right? And there's... People can say what they want about how open the internet is now with social media and all the rest of it, blah, 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 blah. It doesn't matter. I don't care what any of those people say. They don't understand the one music business that there is. They just don't. They There is no fucking way in hell that these people understand what they're talking about when most of the same people will quote that they grew up on all the shit they loved, like, you know, Wu-Tang, Busta Rhymes, Missy Elliott, Nelly, all of these people, right? Ludacris, da-da-da, the list goes on. All of them didn't own their masters when they came in. Every single one of them was tied to a major label at some point. Every single one of them, the only reason why you know them is because of a major label. They could have did an independent push or whatever at the time. You would have never known them. Mm-hmm. They would have never been big to you. They would have never had a larger-than-life persona to you. They wouldn't have had major production in their videos back in the day. Hype. When you used yeah. to make all the videos. Like, you know what I'm saying? Like, they wouldn't have had that 
on their side. They wouldn't have had the larger-than-life image that made you love them, that made you want to then be an artist. They wouldn't have had that if it weren't for the major label. Now, is what the major label does from there on forward bad? Of course, you're in a cold business. It's up to you to then negotiate things the right way and to learn the business that you're in. Mm-hmm. Just like any job anyone has. Like, I'm sure everyone feels like they need a raise. I'm sure everyone feels like they put in more work than what they're paid for. Right? But it's the job that they agree to. So, back to the masters. It's not necessarily bad for a label to own all of your masters in the beginning. Because of the resources that they have. It provides value to the masters. So, all of the shit that Merck Macchiatis is buying up right now. The reason why it's valuable is because the major label added value to it. Mm-hmm. So that's what makes the whole situation valuable. He's buying something of value, and then he can make it even more valuable by getting it in different rooms. By getting it, like, you know, in rooms where, like, you know, the, the table looks different. Where you have billionaires instead of millionaires talking, mm-hmm. right? Like, so... The bad part about Masters is when the label doesn't give you the option to eventually own them. So I'm going to break a myth here, right? This is where people who don't know what they're fucking talking about need to learn. And on, so if you have an independent platform, just learn and then pretend that you knew it like you used to do with my beat goes in segments and all of this shit. Just listen up and then pretend you fucking knew it. Fucking, so here's how this shit works. If the label gives you a contract that's going to benefit you later in life, you will eventually own your own masters. But it's a system. After so many units back in the day, physical copies were sold or whatever, then you then start to own your own masters slowly but surely. It's like a worm contract. You eventually would start to own them. That's how we have groups like Aerosmith and all of them that are able to now like you notice they're not selling off they, they shit. Right. Because they they had the type of contract where the label benefited from it the most in the beginning and they benefited it they benefited from it when it comes to the fame and like you know the money that they had and the resources they had to grow into a household name. They stayed with the deal long enough through the ebbs and flows. Mm-hmm. to then be able to take all the hits that they took financially, which they did, every group does, to then owning the masters later to be able to reap the benefits from it. Most of them were in their 60s by the time they were able to do that, and they signed it when they were in their 20s. Mm-hmm. That's the way that works. That's the way that all of that works. Now, the problem with the masters and what's going on now with the situation is, there's no clause in the contract for you to eventually own your masters. So then the label owns it forever. That's the problem. That's where all this comes in. So when Kanye is talking about how he wants all of his masters, that's because he either hasn't waited long enough from the contract that he sold that, that he signed, sorry, to then be able to own them and sell them or whatever he wanted to do, or he signed contracts that stated he wasn't going to get the masters to begin with. Right. 
Either way, it's consensual. Well, it all goes Either back way. to what we said earlier about that one little word we've been saying throughout this whole segment as well, accountability. You know what I'm saying? Because right. everybody want to look at the record labels as the ones that jerk people around. But at the same time, that artist got to take some accountability for the fact that they didn't do the research on the contract that they signed or didn't fully understand it, put their signature yeah. on that dotted line. And then next thing you know, they stuck in a situation where they're fucked over. So accountability plays a major part in everything and almost every aspect of life. When you come to make a decision. Yeah. And I'm glad you said that because that's one thing that everybody on hip hop Twitter doesn't say everybody who has hashtag real hip hop and everything and all that kind of shit. Uh-huh. Like it, it, motherfuckers, they, they don't but, get it. But come that, on, man. You know, we don't take them real hip hop motherfuckers serious. No way. <laughs> <laughs> that's they the take truth. themselves seriously. Yeah, pretty much. They, <laughs> they, they take their whole fucking movement seriously. They really think that somebody put a gun to all of these artists head that they know and love <laughs> and made them sign bad record deals. They really think that a gun was pointed to their fucking head and they actually had to sign it. Mm-hmm. And was there, was there bad nefarious shit going on when they signed it? Of course, man, it's the music business. Do it or don't do it. It's like getting involved in organized crime. Like you know what you're doing when you're doing it. There's exactly. risks. You, 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 you gotta you, you gotta you, learn. You can't get mad because you got signed to a Scotty Pippen deal, man. <laughs> and, for, <laughs> and for them people out there that don't know what a Scotty Pippen deal is, if you watch the last dance, you know Scotty Pippen uh, yeah, signed for what, what <laughs> for what seven years for eighteen. Yeah, years? he knew what he, he was, was signing. A- but he decided he was to the do the second anyway. best player in the NBA, making pennies compared exactly. to what everybody else was. Yeah. He decided I to mean, do that because he wanted to take care of his family financially instead of realizing his worth. And look, he played for seven years, making only eighteen million. So, and then he, and then that? he wanted to, and then he wanted to make a protest when it was too late. Yeah. Fucked around and sat out, like and it didn't change a damn thing. He still had to honor the contract. That's exactly. what it's about. You still have to honor the. You can't make a protest way after the fact and then get mad at what you're agreeing to. What? How, when are we going to hold the artists accountable? Yes, exactly. the label is bad. The, the labels are bad. The rich devils that own all of these labels, yes, I get it. Bad man. Yeah. Point to them and say <laughs> bad man. Also, like, you know, by that same logic, we can then point to the artists and say dumbass. Exactly. Like, you know what I'm saying? <laughs> and I, and I met a lot of these people, man. Like, you know what I'm saying? It, it was in broadcasting, when I worked in broadcasting, I met a lot of these people, man. I sat down, I smoked with them, I chopped it up with a lot of people, man. I'm not going to name drop, but I, I sat with a lot of people and broke it up. Like, you know, broke, I actually broke bread with a lot, a lot of these people. I've been in the same studio with a lot of these people. Like, you know, and, and they told me stories and they told me all of their regrets and they would tell me the shit like they regret what they did when they first came into the game because they were just too eager and too hungry and they made a lot of mistakes that they can't take back and that's going to follow them the rest of their life and it is what it is man when are we going to say that yeah i like this person's music and everything like that and that you can't take from nobody if you like the music you like the music but then when are you going to say i like the music but this person isn't some idol that's where this idol worship bothers me man like you know all of this legend status everybody's a legend no they're not 
just because you made a song in the 80s or the 90s does not mean you're a fucking legend, man. That's true. It doesn't. It doesn't mean you're a legend. Just because you had a song out at the time when other people had songs out that were big and famous doesn't mean that you are then to a legend. It doesn't mean that. And real hip-hop calling, real hip-hop Twitter and hip-hop Twitter calling everybody a fucking legend, you can do that all you want. It doesn't make it true. These people don't even feel like they're legends. Because when you call them that, actually what that does is it makes them regret their life. Mm -hmm. Like, you know, there's a lot of people who sign a lot of bad deals and you're on Twitter calling them a legend all day. And number one, you're a grown man, they're a grown man. And they look at that and they laugh and they're like, damn, man, I wish this was a female. And then the other thing they're doing is they're like, you know, damn, yo, this, these motherfuckers really think I'm a legend and I got to struggle to get my Instacart order this week. Yeah. Like, you know what I mean? Like, I got it. Like, I don't even know how I'm going to get milk and bread this week, man. Like, yeah. you know what I mean? And they calling me a legend. They looking up to me. I made all these fucking mistakes. And then it gets them in their depression again. You know how I know they have that? Because I do. And I dealt with the music business my whole fucking life. I have PTSD from this fucking business. Mm -hmm. It is a cold, hard business. There's realities that we all face, man. Yeah. Like, you know? That's true. I had an Interscope deal. I had an Interscope deal that was a very bad fucking deal. I agreed to a portion of it that put me in a bad spot for years to come. I was promised things that never happened. I was in video shoots. I, I have songs to this day that I don't own, man. I let you hear a lot of it before, yeah. right? Like, I, I let you hear some things behind the scenes because I can't put it out because if I did, I'd get sued to, to this day. All those clips I let you hear from my Interscope days, man, I can't even let the public hear that shit. Because mm. if I did, I'd get sued. Because that's not my beat. That's not I, Those aren't my words. Even though I wrote my shit, I gave it to them. I don't own those words anymore. That's crazy, right? Yeah. I don't own those words. You know how much I regret that? Like, you know what I'm saying? Like, there, there's a lot of shit that goes on. What am I going to endlessly blame the label? Like, you know, I, I had a group deal at one point where I was going to be part of a group. One of the people, everyone listening to this knows who they are. I was going to be part of the group. It never went through. What, am I going to endlessly blame the label because of that? Or am I going to get mad that I don't own my masters? Or am I just going to own my mistakes? Yeah. At this if point, you don't own your masters, mistake. own your mistakes. Yeah, you can. At this point, that's all you can do is own your, you know, own your mistakes because, you know, that just, that just, you know, that goes back to your accountability and that teaches you to learn from those mistakes that you made. Shit, I've even made some mistakes. I never sat to no table for no record deal or anything like that, but even the situation I was involved in, I know I made a lot of mistakes with that and got out of regret. By the same time, I learned a lot from it. That experience yeah. is just something you just got to build on. And before we go on, want to say shout out to Scotty Pippen. No disrespect to him, you know. I still fuck <laughs> with Scotty Pippen, but still, you got jerked, <laughs> my man. You did it to yourself. <laughs> yeah, man. Yeah. Everybody, like yo, the whole music business is Scotty Pippen, man. Yeah, pretty like, much. Everybody, everybody that's ever put ink to a paper in front of a record executive is Scotty Pippen, man. Yeah. Like, you know, and I can relate to that in so many ways, man. And, and everybody that I've spoken to in this business, man, even people like radio DJs that have been on the air all of these years and everybody, they're Scotty picking too, because they never got what they're worth, man. They brought so much worth to a radio station that never gave back to them. Yeah. That's why you have all these old, bitter, 
fucking program Shit. directors like Ebro and like you know what I'm saying all of that. He he did a lot of work that he never got paid for. Nah, now man, he's a whole Ebro, bitter man. asshole. I really don't like Ebro. I don't like. Only reason why I listen to dudes sometimes when I'm at work is because like I can't get other stations that I want to listen to. So sometimes I get stuck with having to listen to Hot Nine Seven and listen to Ebro in the morning, but. Fuck Ebro, man. I really don't. I'm not a. I'm not a big fan of that dude at all, whatsoever. I really don't like him at all, and I don't know the man personally. So maybe he's probably a good person, you know, face to face and all that stuff like that. But as a radio personality and the the image he try to portray on the air, I, I'm not for it, man. I'm really not. Yeah. I think he's a clown. I mean, <laughs> I mean, he's mad. He's mad. You know what yeah. I mean? He did a lot of shit that he never got paid for he's you know part of a dying industry like fm radio is gone and now you know his apple contract ain't paying the way he thought it would like you know yeah. what i mean with all the way he's doing there so you know we'll see maybe if he would have shut the fuck up and started trying to get on twitter and trying to put people's business in the street maybe his apple contract would have been a little more lucrative if we would have just shut the fuck up him and Rosenberg and Funk Flex and all yeah. of them clowns Charlemagne of God they all in the same position Charlemagne don't own nothing yeah. even with this new podcast deal that iHeart has that I predicted by the way ahead of time time stamped on content predicted that whole thing yeah. you know Charlemagne still don't own nothing he never learned his lesson he still don't own nothing Bob Pittman owns Charlemagne that's why I fucking Bob that's why Joe Button said what he said. You can't have the same conversation because you're not, you don't understand ownership. You don't own that. <laughs> Joe yeah. Button owns his platform, regardless of how people feel about him. He owns his yeah. shit. Charlemagne can't he, say the same thing. Charlemagne will never own his own shit. He's not used to it. Everything he's ever been a part of has been something bigger than him. MTV, yeah. iHeart. Bob Pittman owns Charlemagne. Bob yeah. Pittman, by the way, owns Ebo. Yeah. Owns all of the motherfuckers, man. They all have the same person that owns their likeness. They can't go. Charlemagne the God can't even go elsewhere and call himself that name. Yeah. And if he wanted to go independent, he's going to have to call himself something different. And that's why when Damon Dash, for the first time, when he went up there to the Breakfast Club and he pressed them, he made them all feel real uncomfortable because they know they couldn't speak back to none of that shit he was saying, man. <laughs> yeah, and even Dame need to chill though, yeah. because Dame had that same um, kind of situation with Leor, with Leor Cohen. Mm -hmm. Like you know, Leor Cohen got the A side of that situation. There's an A and B side to every contract in the business and shit. Dame Dash learned his lessons the hard way. Leor Cohen taught him a lot of lessons. Yeah. Like, you know what I mean? As far as the music business goes, like, you know, he learned a lot of the business side of how bad this shit can be and how bad this shit can get from his dealings with Leor. So, yeah. like, you know, now, of course, you know, I appreciate the fact that he's he's teaching that now, like, you know, yeah. what I'm saying ownership and everything else. But it's a little it's a. It's a lot to say and a little too late when it comes to people like him. But I respect it. Yeah, I respect mean? it. I mean, because at the end of the day, he's doing what other people wouldn't be doing right now. He is trying to, you know, steer people in the right direction when it comes to the music business. But at the same time, like you said, like for some people, it's a little bit too late. But let that be a lesson for the younger generation out there that's trying to get into the music business to learn from the mistakes of those who came before you. And apply that to your own method. It's much more than going in the booth and laying a 16 
to being in the music business. Just because you can put together a song and you got a hot record right now, that doesn't mean you understand the business. So there's a lot of things within this industry that goes unsaid that a lot of people need more understanding of. And so somebody like Dane Dash that comes along that has been through the the highs and the lows of the business, I can expect, I can appreciate and respect when he, you know, drops them gems for a lot of people out there, you know? Yeah, yeah. I give him respect for speaking about the business and what to do and what not to do and everything like that. There's a lot of people that were in his position that got jerked and they they still quiet as kept. So I definitely yeah. respect that, man, when he, you know, come out and actually speak about ownership and everything. Like, you know, these days now, like you were saying, there's independent platforms that have, I don't know, I guess they call them podcasts. I don't know what they think they are, but they go on YouTube, they have like, you know, all of the mm-hmm. shit and they, like some of them rap, even though they have a podcast too and they're doing all of this. And yeah. A lot of people don't even realize that the podcast game, the content creation game is the same as the music business in a lot of, it's almost identical Oh yeah. in the way it's structured now and everything like that. So like a lot of these independent platforms right now, I can see it right from the rip. They doing everything wrong. I know one thing I'm, I'm putting it out there and I don't care who listens to it may feel whatever way. I'm no longer going to submit my platform to anybody if I'm going to get my shit, my, my fair value back because I put a lot of work and effort into what I do and I invest a lot into what I do and I'm not going to sit there and feel second banana to any shit. You know what I'm saying? For lack of better terms, I'm not going to sit there and feel underappreciated from now on. You know what I'm saying? Like, especially when I put a lot into what I do. You know what I'm saying? I know I have my inconsistencies and I know I deal with things you know, from my personal life and also in my professional life. But at the same time, like, I'm no longer going to continue to just put out, you know, shows and content and stuff like that and not be appreciated. So um, let that be a message to anybody out there that's listening right now. You know what I mean? That's a good segue because actually I was going to get into it. I got a couple questions from my last podcast that I dropped. Mm-hmm. And in the beginning of my last podcast, I was talking about like, you you know, audio as opposed to video when it comes to making content and everything else. And, like, you know, I went into it. You said you had caught that podcast, right? Yeah. All right. So, basically, I had got a question from Travis Stock 37 and he's a regular. He'd be sending me, and that's Gmail. He'd be sending me a lot of different shit. So, shout out to him. He had a question. He said, so are you saying audio only? My friend owns an internet radio station, and should I go that route? Mm. And I guess what I would say to that is what you were just saying. So Mm. there's a lot of different things that I would say when it comes to that. First, I would say when it comes to what I was saying about the audio and visual and everything else, man, it's good to have both. But if you're going to just come out and have video exclusively, you're going to have one impression to, because the the narrative now is that people have short attention spans and, like, you know, they they don't want to hear a lot of shit from people they don't know. So if they're coming across your platform and they get to look at you personally and they get to see your background and everything else, just psychologically, they're going to be more focused on a lot of that shit that's going on on the screen than they are the content that you're saying. Mm -hmm. So my point was, 
that if you have audio first, the listener is kind of forced to use their imagination and to picture like, you know, to have a visual in their mind while you're speaking, which then helps them listen to what it is that you are actually saying on your content, right? So I'm not saying to not have video. What I'm saying is to get a support system, a fan base that turns into your support system. So when you get followers, the followers can turn into fans, but even fans don't necessarily help you pay the bills or keep your content going. That happens when those fans become supporters. Yeah. Right. Like, you know, if you, if you're a fan of an artist, like, you know, and that's all talk until you go and see him live, right. And pay yeah. for a ticket or you pay for back in the day when you could pay for music, like, you know what I mean? You pay for the music or you support them in some way, buy their merch, that kind of thing. So to get followers to turn into supporters, the best way to do that, of course, is to be interesting. Now, not everybody's interesting, right? right? That's another thing about how not everybody's an artist, not everybody is a platform owner and everything else. And everybody thinks that they are. Well, if you're not interesting, and then you're not going to be interesting in audio, you're not going to be interesting in video. You have one chance to grab their attention. If they look at your background and they just don't like the way your setup looks, they might never come back, right? It don't matter what you're saying. They might never come back. It's a visual thing. But if they caught your audio and you can get a good support system, by the time you, let's just say, for lack of a better term, graduate to visual, graduate to having a video side, those base supporters are going to be there regardless because they already love and respect you for what you do. Mm -hmm. Right? So then they'll come regardless. And then the people who get added onto that, that's just like, you know, icing on the cake. So that was my point there. It's not that audio is better than video. It's that audio is going to out, it's going to outlast video in almost every sense because when this scamdemic calms down and they get what they want from it and everything else, people will be back to what they have to do. This can't sustain like this, this long. There will be a, a breaking point where like, you know, some of the jobs that are closed still and they'll open back up. If there's another mm -hmm. shutdown, whatever, they'll open back up the gyms. This, people will be more on the road driving, listening and all of that. That's where audio becomes your friend. And mm -hmm. I've done the analytics on it. And most people that have a visual and the audio side, their audio numbers are still greater than their visual. Right. So like, you know, it's good to have a base of what you're doing. So if you have good enough production and you're interesting enough with what you're doing with the audio, the video will then just accompany it. Mm -hmm. Now, what happens after you make that, you then choose, what am I going to do? How am I going to put this content out? You have a lot to choose from. You can go the hard way, which is to get someone to back you who has their own network, right? Somebody that like, you know, has their own network, like NGI radio, for, for instance, shout out mm -hmm. to the, like now that we're on, we're on that right now. So like, you know what I mean? Yeah. So if you can get somebody to back your content that has their own network, or you could do that and post it up on Apple and like, you know what I'm saying? And, and Spotify and all of this type of shit and everything else. The problem with that is when you go to these other platforms, YouTube and Apple and everything else. This is what I'm facing. If you're talking about anything of note, if you're talking about anything of significance, 
they take you down. They censor you, right? Mm-hmm. They, you're only allowed to talk about the narratives that they allow you to talk about. The bots will come get you, and you'll have your content censored. Now, that leads to the person, the content creator, quote, learning from their mistake, which is then becoming more cookie-cutter and not mm-hmm. touching on the real topics or the things that are what they say is controversial, right? They steer away from that. And then what it does is that puts them in the box, the same box that the mainstream content is in. That's mm-hmm. not good that you're never going to graduate from being an independent platform that way to being able to hold your own with some of those mainstream platforms because you're talking about the same thing they're talking about because you're censored at that level. Right. So, Right. So then if if YouTube takes you off, Spotify takes you off, where are you going to go? If you're really putting out meaningful content, you're going to get taken down eventually. It's happened to me. It still does. So if you have a network that you've built a working relationship with, that's an independent network. That's better than having a working relationship with a bunch of different networks, because what you end up having is some of those networks won't necessarily be what you would call a working relationship. Now, when it comes to, I'll just use myself as an example. Me and Kawan are cool, right? right? So when when I give him content, it goes through NGI radio and everything. That's a working relationship. He knows what to expect from me. He knows I'm not going to come on here and talk about daffodils and dandelions and shit. He knows, like, you know what I'm saying? (laughs) Me and him have done enough business where he knows that I'm going to speak my mind. And he's told me, don't worry about it. Right now, at the end of the day, he's independent. Spotify can't come and censor that. Right. Right. So that's a working relationship with one network. Now, if I were to, have the freedom of speech, which I can't get on Apple and and most times YouTube and different things like that and try to get a whole bunch of networks. I'm not going to be as close to the next network. Like what you was talking about, how you're not going to just like, you know, have your stuff on all of these different places and not be appreciated. Exactly. Completely understand what you mean. And that's where I'm bringing it back to this. And to also answer that guy's question when he said that he had, a friend with an internet radio station. So when you have a bunch of different independent platforms or networks or stations, you're not, you're going to be closer to one or two than you are to the others, like personally. Mm -hmm. So at the end of the day, let's say you start to get good numbers with one of these other independent networks or whatever, they're going to attribute those good numbers to them, not to you. Right. And really, it could be the other way around. They were having trash content until you came on, and then you got good numbers for them, and instead they're patting themselves on the back and thinking they're doing you a favor. Right. Right? And that's because there's not that working personal relationship there. Right. Now, if you have the with one, like, you know, and you grow from that, let's say I were to get an opportunity for my content elsewhere, I could always come back to Kawan and break him off some bread like yo look man thanks for the opportunity like yo that gave me the opportunity to do this and then break him off some bread and then like continue the relationship that that way like you feel what I'm saying there's right. there's there's a lot of freedom there so sorry for the long winded like you know nah, answer okay. for that question but like I had to break down a lot of different things on what I meant right. from like you know what I'm saying so 
Well, yeah, you know, definitely shout out to NGI Radio and my man DJ Kawan because I know, like, we've been linked since 2017. I don't know. He's definitely looked out and show, you know, love and um, also, you know, show support for this platform. And there's been a couple other platforms as well, you know what I'm saying, I could, you know, definitely, you know, tip my hat to and say thank you for. But like I said, like going forward, like especially with any other platforms out there who hasn't been consistent, like a NGI radio or some of the other various networks that I've dealt with, I'm not going to continue to keep submitting my platform just to be a, a space filler or a time slot filler for your network and you don't show that kind of appreciation. There's some people that I even work with that I send them the, the show and I don't hear nothing else from them. You know what I'm saying? So like those kind of relationships and stuff like that going forward is about to break off because at the end of the day, like I'm doing more of a favor for you than you are for me at the end of the day when it comes to me submitting yeah. you stuff. And then when I ask you for certain things, like even if it's just something like numbers wise, if I ask you for that, you can't give me some kind of report that I'm looking for so I can know how to cater my content going forward for your platform and for the people that do listen to me and know where my uh, my core base of supporters or listeners are coming from, then we don't really need to be in cahoots with each other. We don't need to be doing business with each other. So that's why I say, you know, exactly. shout out to NGI Radio because they definitely do cater to you know their shows and everything like that and there's also a couple of other ones that i work with but at this point outside of ngi radio and a few other ones that i you know, i do rock with you know shout out to my radio 22 and you know big shot radio but amongst other than that like it's a lot of things there's some major changes coming as far as the way i distribute distribute my platform to various networks like i said i'm not going to stand for that bullshit anymore yeah, and to Travis Stock, who uh, gave me that question, he also dropped the name of his boy station, mm -hmm. and I think he wanted me to plug it, but I'm not going to, so, you know. <laughs> uh, <laughs> <laughs> hold on, hold on, hold on. <laughs> no plugs for you, my man. <laughs> nah, it's all good. But yo, we gotta get ready to uh conclude this thing right here because we're well over two hours. We're almost at two thirty right now at this mark. So it was definitely a lot of good content to talk about. It was a lot of good discussions on some of it we got real deep on and some topics we didn't get a chance to really touch base on as of yet. But you know, we got those things that we can come back to at a later date but we definitely want to say thank you to each and every one of you out there who did tune in for this pretty much extended you know content collab that we've just completed and everything like that so you know we definitely are gracious to each and every one of you who support this type of a platform so you got anything else you want to add to it yeah i mean as far as i'm concerned i just want to send a shout out to everybody who continuously listens to the podcast every week Everybody who listens to these uh, collabs that we do when we do them and all of the feedback, all the numbers are good. I want to say thank you to all y'all. Also, you can hit me up. You can contact me anytime at forallmatterspodcast.gmail.com and you can follow me on Twitter at DivineThoughtTM. No doubt. And then I also want to say thank you as well because the numbers have been looking very, very, very nice with these content collabs and also want to say thank you to everybody out there who has shown support to this platform and also to the various other platforms that myself and divine has as well 
We definitely continue to appreciate your support. And I definitely want to say shout out to our sponsors, my sponsors over there at Troll Wellness. And I definitely want to say shout out to NGI Radio, who is carrying this very particular episode here tonight. And definitely want to say shout out to all of you who are tuned in and listening right now. If you stuck with us to the beginning, you are definitely, definitely the real MVP. You know what I mean? So definitely say shout out to you. Make sure you follow us on Twitter at Nonstop Radio 212. Or my personal Twitter page at the Emilio Wagbar to stay up to date with the latest news and highlights from your favorite hip hop shows, favorite hip hop show. And you can also check out past and present episodes of the nonstop radio show, which is available now on soundcloud.com forward slash nonstop dash radio dash show. You get the, or you can hit the email at nsr.fanmail at gmail.com. Until next time, y'all. He said his peace. I'm saying peace. And until next time, y'all all be safe out there, y'all. Peace.